Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Today we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 4th and the 8th of July. That's episodes 10,681 to 10,686. Yes, it is. Can you can you tell our subdued tones this evening? <laughs> oh my gosh. We're tired and we're hot. And I think this is going to be a short podcast. In fact, I know this is going to be a short podcast. This has been a very, very, very stressful <laughs> week for me. I'm not going to go into it, but it's been very, very busy and full on and tiring. And I haven't had much time to do Coronation Street stuff this week or Conversation Street stuff. I'm literally like, I've got, I haven't got any news. I haven't done any feedback putting together. I've not done any um, uh, poll. Who, what score we got for last week? Currently, I've not done any core emojis. I've not done a little cover picture for the street dog on YouTube. I've not got anything of any pictures for advertising the podcast tomorrow <laughs> because I've just been doing a lot of other stuff. It's been crazy, but it's okay now because it's the weekend and I'm, feel- I'm feeling happy. But I think this is just going to be a street talk only podcast, isn't it? Which uh, which hasn't happened very often in the past ten years, but. Feels like it's one of those days today. How, how about you, Gemma? How are you feeling? I feel like a bag of soup. <laughs> what what flavour soup? Human. <laughs> Human soup, that's grim. It's probably, it's probably a bit porky. A, a bit of a porky soup. Probably quite stodgy, bit, a bit starchy. Yeah. Quite fatty. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to taste croutons? very good. It's probably salty as well. You've got a, <laughs> a salty soup. Has <laughs> it got dumplings? Yeah, I do have dumplings. <laughs> Ah, oh, so we'll do our best with this week's conversation, Street. But we're we're a little bit doolally today, um, so we will just have to see how it goes, and we'll be back to normal maybe next week. Um, hope that's okay with you all, everybody. Gemma, oh no! Uh, before a quiz, this is good. Um, we need to talk about not your quiz, but our conversation street 10th anniversary quiz which people have been getting very excited about over this week thank you know, to all the I'm people i'm getting a bit worried because what? everyone seems excited about listening to it but not very many people seem to be excited about doing now, it some people have said that they're going we to really, do it it's really fine. need you guys to do it we need uh, we need, <laughs> we ten, need people ten people to sign up to this in two weeks time because <laughs> this is this is going to go on 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 sale on ebay on the 23rd of july remember that's a saturday it's going to be 2 p.m i think i might have actually rescheduled i might have scheduled something else at that time but i'll see what i can do um so go on to our eBay page I think I put the listing on a few of our tweets but there's nothing there at the moment but you'll be able to go in a couple of weeks and we'll keep on pushing it because it's a really good prize you can be on one of our 10th anniversary podcasts um, um, testing your curry knowledge up against one of 10 Coronation Street actors and over the course of this week it's been very fun because if you've been following us on social media you'll see that we have been teasing who those actors are and that we're revealing two each day so we can talk about them now can't we we can say about who we've got on our anniversary quiz Gemma do you want to um do you want to reveal the, uh, in your glamorous game show revealing voice what <laughs> that, was that it We've got 10 people and they're all brilliant and wonderful and um, they do they know what they're talking about when it comes to their Cory characters? Well, you'll have to find out. I know. We've got Sally Ann Matthews. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Jenny Bradley. Jenny Bradley. Connor, Connor, sorry. <laughs> Jenny Bradley, Connor. 
We've got Sally Carmen. Amazing. Abby Webster. We've got Charlie DeMello. Earn of Ashes. Dead. <laughs> Dead. We've got Millie Gibson. He's with Rana now. He's a piranha now. <laughs> Millie Gibson plays Kelly Nealon. We didn't say Imran, Imran, in. We know it's Imran. We know in, who these people in are. Imran. Oh, God. Imran Habib. Yes. We have got Julia Goulding, who Yay. plays uh, Shona Platt. Woo, we've got George Taylor, who plays... Toya Battersby. Toya Habib. 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 I'm getting everyone wrong. Toya we've Habib. Shelly King. Toya Nugent to be, <laughs> who oh. plays Yasmine Metcalf. And maybe Yasmine, uh, what's Stu's surname? Can't remember. Uh, Maybe she's going to be him to be. She's still Yasmine Metcalf at the moment, though. Ellie Mulvaney is going to be on the show as well. She plays Amy Barlow, and we have also got a couple of classic Coronation well, Street cast as well. I hate to say this, we've got three ex cast. We members do have three ex cast members, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Imran. Sorry, Imran. We have got Connor McIntyre coming on to the show, which is amazing because it's been a good many years since we've had Connor on the show. Pat Feeling. Pat Feeling. We have been keeping in touch with Pat over the years, haven't we? Every now no, and then. With Connor. With Connor. Sorry. Pat's dead. Been communing with the spirit of Pat yeah. Feeling just to keep him on our side. He's like our secret devil that we send off to, 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 uh, to face our enemies and uh, spite them, smite them, smoke them. We got kind of McIntyre, everybody, and also Amanda Barry, who was on the podcast earlier this year. But she is back in our anniversary episode. She played Alma Baldwin in Coronation Street, and she will be finding out, or we'll be finding out, just how much she knows about Alma. Whew. So that's that is an amazing list. I'm so so pleased that um, so many people were able to uh, to sign up and take part, and it's going to be a great show. And um, I'm really really excited to share with everybody how they got on with the quiz because we have already pre-recorded the vast majority of these uh, quiz sections. Remember, if you're going to be taking part on the charity quiz, um, you have um, you're not going up head to head speaking with them, but you record your answers to the questions about their character, we hear their answers to the question about the character, and we just find out who's done better, cast versus fans. Come on, fans, you can beat these casts. Yeah, and don't be nervous. You listen to convers- You listen to a Coronation Street podcast, you, you bunch nerd. of nerds. You can obviously slay these guys, so make sure that you buy tickets to it in a couple of weeks' time, and the money all goes to the Trussell Trust as well. Very, very worthy cause. And don't be scared of uh, doing, doing a little... Uh, pre-recorded bit you'll be absolutely fine you'll have a blast and like Mark has said it is all to uh, raise money yes. for a very good cause yes 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 okay so with that little plug out of the way oh but yeah you get a copy of the Coronation Street puzzle book as well not out yes. yet you, you, you'll get it when it's worth oh, yeah we're, we're going to get a review copy sent for us Hooray! as well by the way we'll organise that one for Octopus Books that's very exciting for us but yeah the person I was talking to at Octopus Books was very very lovely and is, uh, will happily help promote quiz as well I so um Gemma speaking of quizzes I got one you got one you got one of a quiz about years ending it's in about a Coronation two and a seven Street. yeah uh for things that happen between the 4th and the 8th of July I thought it would be that yeah and I got it from coronationstreet.fandom.com mm-hmm. 4th of July 1997 which problem family moves onto the street <gasps> Battersby's yes happy 25th anniversary Battersby's and it's really nice that you saw on social media this week that uh, Georgia Taylor and Jane Danson received some lovely bunches of flowers from um, Coronation Street well, that didn't was they? a very nice touch very nice touch considering that neither of them have been in it for 25 years they're more like yeah. a couple of years off do you, do, uh, is that allowed? don't know Fitting <laughs> entrance was probably banging there on the gate saying there's my funny flowers right. yeah that was great happy anniversary Battersby as well 4th of July 2012, 
Steve finds out that Lloyd is the owner of a rival taxi firm. Fair ladies. That's the name of it, yes. Correct. That was the question. I thought it was. Ju- there aren't many questions today. That's all right. It's too, sure hot. too hot for questions. 5th of July, 2002. Who does Lillian Spencer sack at the Rovers so she can replace them with her son, Timothy? Oh, who was... Gosh, I can't remember. Because, um... Who else was working? I mean... Because uh, Shelley and Gina were working there. Was it one of them? Was Timothy replacing them? Uh, I'm going to say Gina. No. Shelley. No. Oh, can I have another guess? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't actually know. Who else is working there? Uh, Jack? No? No, tell me who. Jack Duckworth. Jack Duckworth, I said it. So you think it's a hundred point, points. point, but it isn't. <laughs> I don't know what you're celebrating. Oh, God. 5th of July, 2012. Who does Steve send in as a plant? To work at the switchboard at Fair Ladies. Dig up the dirt. Oh, a plant at Fair Ladies. Um, I don't. I don't remember. Tracy. Yes. Yay. Sixth of July. Away for me. Nineteen ninety-two. Who gets their lower right leg amputated? What year? Ninety-two. Don Brennan. Yeah. Wow. Thirty years since one-legged Don. <laughs> Whenever I think about having a limb amputated I always think oh I hope it's not my right arm and then I think do you have to eat less calories like your calorie count go down how do you calculate that really inconvenient <laughs> I don't know as you count that as part of a diet amputate yourself thin I was like, oh, no, cause, no because it, it will make it harder to lose weight won't it because instead of needing 2000 calories a day yeah. You'll need like 1,800 or something. How yeah, many you calories would... does an arm use? <laughs> I don't know how much, how many kilograms does an arm weigh? Well, mine weighs a lot, but it doesn't use very many calories. Well, we can't, we can't ask Don Brennan about this because, well, not Jeffrey Hinsliff anyway, because um, he didn't actually have his leg amputated. Well, that's... There's a method acting that. That's poor, isn't it? Yeah. 7th of July, 2002. This is the final question. Which couple oh, have their suspicions about Richard Hillman's activities... Raised by Norris Cole, leading them to demanding their money back. Jack and Vera. Yes. Yay. Oh, I did quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one wrong. Out of... Five out of six. That is good. I will take that this week. Thank you very much. Good quiz. Gemma, who has got a birthday coming up, if you please? 10th of July, Jenny Platt, who played Violet Violet Wilson. Wilson. 11th of July, Stuart Latham, who was Coronation Street's first producer, and Craig Charles, who played Lloyd Mullaney. 12th of July, Irene Sutcliffe, who played Mackie Clegg. Kathy Staff, who played Vera Hopkins, Roy Barraclough, who played Alec Gilroy, and Christopher Quinton, who played Brian Tilsley. 13th of July, Cheryl Murray, who played Susie Birchall, and Samuel Longchambon, who played Maria Connor. And the 15th of July, Derek Griffith, who played Freddie Smith, and Jill Halfpenny, who played Rebecca Hopkins. What a lot of people! Yes! Happy birthday to all of those. Month of your birthdays, July, best one. It's not October, Gemma, how would you break it to you? Oh my gosh, I'm hot and tired. I'm hot and tired. I thought, oh God, should we just get on and do the rest of the podcast? (laughs) Yep. Let's do it. Hard life, innit? So hard. (laughs) 
Okay, and welcome to this week's Street Talk bit of the podcast. I think for the benefit of anybody listening on YouTube this week, he doesn't get the beginning bit of the podcast. We're hot and tired this week. So we might be feeling a little bit hot and tired, sounding a little bit hot and tired in our country of this week's coronation street. We'll do the best we can, but it's been a bit of a dude alley week for both of us. So um, let's see how it goes. Now we have got six stories to talk about this week. Obviously the big one, the wedding storyline, Gemma, we predicted last week. I can't remember what we said. I think I said, I think we both agreed that they I wouldn't said, actually get married, didn't no. we? What did you say? I said they'd get married. Did you? Yeah, I, I said did. They would. Well, they did, didn't they? But, yeah, um, I was right. But then, you then, were right. We were both kind of right in a way. Um, I was not kind of right. I was right. <laughs> um, we didn't, unfortunately, get the line, it's not you, it's Mimi. Although it was so close today, because we did get an it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Mimi was maligned this week. Why? Because everyone was blaming her and she didn't do anything wrong. Being posh isn't a crime. I know this country, sometimes it kind of feels like it is. Yeah. They're all in charge, but it's also a crime to be posh. Explain <laughs> that. You can't. Um, up next, we will talk about the Along Came a Spider storyline, followed by, now what's the reference here, Gemma? Love, Death and Roberts. That's a reference to the Netflix show Love, Death and Robots. Yes, it is. Well done. Um, we've also got a couple of tiny storylines. We I think we called it Tile Street before, didn't we? About Steve's roofing tiles. I don't know where <laughs> no. they're going with this story, Brilliant. literally. I've got nice no clue. Nice Michael. Shut up. <laughs> we, uh, we've got the Speed, <laughs> speed Dial story. I haven't got a storyline That's a pun in itself. You don't need a title for it. <laughs> Very true. Did you see, you did see, because I pointed it out for you, but listeners, did you see that um, they used the old Speed Dial logo and one of the um, ident thingies for coming what out for the ridiculous who overlooked that one? Absolutely unwatchable. Out on the streets. Couldn't, couldn't follow the, the story after that. And we did also have the summer holiday storyline a little bit. Some people will be pleased to hear that summer, Summer's Robot has overheated this week as well. He won't be joining We've us. We've definitely had some feedback. <laughs> we did have some feedback about Going Summer's jet, Robot. Don't. We still had more people that like Summer's Robot, but... I don't it's know. Very divisive figure. We're starting to have an anti-Summers robot rebellion, but I don't know. That's I've fine. seen so many science fiction things. Robots rebellion. You, you, <laughs> get well, it? I do. I have. I, it's but a Game you, of Thrones you, reference. Is there a yeah, yeah, you I didn't get it, did you? you? You don't want to um, anger the robots, do you? Because they'll take over. But we will not be hearing from Summers robot this week. Maybe yeah. again, it depends. Maybe its circuit boards are all melted. Gemma, you said you wanted to do the It's Not You, It's Mimi storyline, so I'm going to just sit back, wake me up, because <laughs> at the end, off you go. What's happened this week? So on Monday, Mimi hurt her hip last week, falling over the dog. Apparently. See, we don't know whether she actually did, because we didn't see it. Poor Cerberus. I mean, we said that Mimi's been maligned this week, and I know Cerberus um, was vindicated for the whole wine on the bridesmaid dress thing this week, and Hope admitted it was her. But did Cerberus actually trip up Mimi? <laughs> Who knows? Well, we'll never know. It's an unresolved mystery of Coronation Street. Everybody keeps saying it can't possibly have been um, Cerberus because when everyone entered the room, he was lying down. I know. Looking innocent. Just looking but very innocent. Can I just point out that Greyhound's notoriously fast? Oh, good point. <laughs> very <Yeah>. good point. <laughs> that what makes them such great criminals. Uh, I don't think they're well known for being criminals. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's relishing being waited on hand and foot. But Evelyn reckons she's trying to sabotage the wedding. Um, she's also Mimi's also ordered some some wine because she doesn't think the venue's stuff is going to be up to snuff. Well, the, vent, the bistro wine. Mm. Um, and she sees the bridesmaid's dress and she says to Evelyn that Hope um, has a point when she says she doesn't like it. What did you think of the bridesmaid's dresses? They were nice. I thought they were fine. I, di- I didn't really like the colour. They're kind of, what like were they? A... Kind of beigey, tanny brown. <laughs> you don't make... They weren't brown. They were like light cream. brown. I didn't think that they were that great. Oh, 
Well, I mean, I don't know what you expect from little girls. That's true. I mean, I suppose that just for the little kids, it was all right. But I was a bridesmaid when I was little, and I can tell you that the bridesmaid dress that I wore was nowhere near as nice. As this what one. was it? It was it was like a bubblegum pink. Yeah. Um, it was. <laughs> are there photos, Gemma? I there are. Yeah. What? I don't know where they are, though. Oh my gosh! I need to see this so and post it online. It so was. That reminds me. Oh, sorry. No. Go on. Go, go on. on. No. I'm just saying. No. Nobody's written in. Or do I offer in like a massive donation to get a video of you drunk on a honeymoon? Oh, that's good. You're that's lucky. Right. That. What about Gemma in a pink fluffy dried bridesmaid dress when she was little? <laughs> so uh, Mimi ordered this wine. No, what was the and... rest of the dress? I interrupted you. Um, I'm pretty sure it had a hoop under it. So yeah. the dress went out and it had a big full skirt and it had a frill around the bottom, like in the same fabric. And then it also had full length sleeves that were puffed out and they sort of nipped in at the wrist. And then there was another flary hem around the wrist as well. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that was it. But I just I have such a nerdy little... It was the 80s. I think we can let I know, you but off. It didn't suit me at all because I was this little nerdy glasses kid with this like ridiculous it looked like it kind of looked a bit like princess diana's in my mind but <laughs> probably pink. in the mind of the person who bought it as well <laughs> it was oh, my godmother just like lady die my godmother she's called dot oh yeah um so uh she, yeah mimi doesn't think the bistro's affair is good enough and then she says oh um we can see why hope doesn't like these bridesmaid dresses now this is interesting because a lot of people made a bit of um, an issue out of Hope not liking this dress, saying, "Oh, what does that mean? What does it mean? Does Hope have, you know, what's Hope saying here?" She literally didn't want didn't want her mum to get married. That was it. It wasn't really about the dress. Yes, it, yeah, it could be actually. So Evelyn wants Evelyn's like, let's just be friends. Let's let's open a bottle. Let's toast the happy couple. No, I think it's Mimi that wants Mimi, to do and that. then Evelyn Evelyn begrudgingly accepts. Meanwhile, Fizz is letting off a bit of steam about Mimi to Tyrone in the cafe. I tell you what, Fizz, Fizz made so many mistakes this week. If I was <laughs> Phil, I'd be quite unhappy with her because she was treating Tyrone like they were just best friends. Yeah. When actually, that's not the relationship that they had at all. And it really winds me up because I really think that Fizz could have been happy with Phil. I think she could have been as well, but, and, but you know. But she didn't give him a chance. I think it's really mean. Didn't give Phil, Phil a chance. No. She didn't marry him. Yeah, but then she went, oh, I don't like this. So <laughs> even give it a day. Anyway, Evelyn and Mimi are chatting later, and uh, <laughs> Mimi's like, your mother was a snob as well. And um, That was funny. And she also says that she likes Fizz's work ethic and pre-Raphaelite curls, but I can't stand her broad Mancunian vowels. <laughs> and um, Evelyn's not um, not happy about this at all. She takes a bit of offence. Then when she comes back into the room, Mimi's busy cleaning the wine off of the bridesmaid dresses. And she says, look, I came down and it was like this. And it was probably Cerberus again. <laughs> Everything so in the corner going, Where's me? I touch a drink, a drink, a drop, a drink, a drink of a drop. With a that bit, why in a tour? The bit that broad Mancunian vowels bit was funny because that, that let, um, uh, then when Evelyn got up, she was like, Eh, bah, gum, lass, I've got a Laura washing out on land. Happened I'd best get it in. <laughs> that yeah, that brilliant. was really funny. Maureen Littman was just it, uh, brilliant. Can I just say week. it really? And whoever it is that plays Mimi, I should have found out. Felt like she enjoyed playing off of Mimi. Oh, but, they were so good together. They what a double act. I've got a feeling that when Mimi was in it um, back at Christmas time, just before Christmas last year, we might have said, 
what wouldn't it would wouldn't it have been good if we could have seen Mimi and Evelyn together? I'm not sure whether they had no, they didn't have scenes together then, or did they? I can't remember. But I think we made a point of saying on the podcast these two would be absolutely brilliant on screen together, and this week just proved what an amazing double act that they would be. And that, but I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that we've Don't maybe know. seen the last of Mimi. Depends on whether Phil gives up, gives in. Shouldn't do. Shouldn't I would absolutely love it if Mimi could stay. I mean, I, I think that we need a story where she falls on hard times or something and has to move up to Weatherfield. And can you? Just imagine the two of them together in the pub. Evelyn needs a friend. They could, they could be the new Ina Mini Martha, couldn't they? Except it's just a duo. I, yeah. I would very, very, very much love the, the two old women in the snug to it be would, brought back. It would be Build so, a snug for it. It would be so funny if Mimi and Evelyn were sitting in the, the, the snug go- gossiping and then along comes Rita and she sits down and she's like, Oh, let me tell you some words of wisdom. And then Evelyn and Mimi just take their drinks and leave. <laughs> so, um, there's wine everywhere. Evelyn doesn't believe her. And she thinks that Mimi is trying to sabotage the wedding. And then Fizz comes in and Evelyn tells her what's happened. And she says, look, I'm, don't worry about it. It will be fine. It will definitely come out. I'm taking them to cleaners in Tower Street later. And Mimi's and like, it's the cleaners in the, the other dog. story, Steve's story. And... Evelyn says that Mimi did it. Phil comes back in and Fizz tells him all about what's going on. And he takes his mum's side and says, oh, she's old and vulnerable and you need to cut her a bit of slack. But then um, Fizz, he kind of walks off and then Fizz chases him outside. And then somebody turns up who's quite exciting and it's Camilla, his ex-wife. And she's like, hello, I've come down uh, up to Manchester I'm going, I just wanted to see how Pip was. <laughs> that was great. And she's all charming and she's got an uh, amazing outfit and Fizz is a bit worried. She's got a twilly. Yeah, what, what was a twilly again? I remember It's a very thin, it's a very thin silk scarf okay. that you can wrap around your neck or you can wrap it around the handle of your handbag. Do you have one? I don't. But the best ones are from Hermes and they're about £150 each. So not too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he, she wants a word with, with Phil. And Fizz is a bit worried about this. But Phil takes Camilla home in there, interrupted by Evelyn. And Camilla makes a comment about the hotel that she's staying in. She swans off. This was quite interesting because I, um, I thought that Mimi said she couldn't find a hotel. but I can't remember. Um... Tyrone finds Fizz on Maxine's bench and she tells him what's happened. The dry cleaners aren't particularly, um, what's the word, convinced that they can get this wine out. And he says it's going to go fine. And she's like, oh, freaking out. This woman, oh, she's so she's so posh. And, and why, what does Phil see in me when, you know, Camilla, Camilla's like this? And he says, look, she's no way she's a patch on you. Um, Phil's hit the jackpot with you. Um, and... Come on, breathe. You Mimi, can do it. Then, Mimi and Evelyn are talking, and Mimi's like, I can assure you, I am just as happy with Phil marrying Fizz as I was with him and Camilla. And Evelyn's like, no, you've, you've called Camilla here. You've asked her to come. And she's like, no, I would never. Oh, my goodness. So they, they start looking, you know, what's it? Yeah, they square off against off. each other. And Mimi's they? like, look, as long as Phil's happy, I'm happy. And she huffs, huffs off to have a bath. And then Evelyn kicks the crutch out from underneath <laughs> her. She falls over just as Fizz and Phil come in. And obviously, Phil's a bit upset about this. 
Kevin tells Tyrone that he needs to tell Fizz how he feels. He doesn't want any regrets come Friday. And I don't think that Kevin thinks this is a good idea, but he doesn't manage to talk him out of it. Later on, Phil, Fizz tries to get out of Phil what Camilla wanted, but he's like, I don't know. Then there's the knock at the door and it's Tyrone. And he he's like going to confess yeah, and then he I, changes I, th- I thought his mind. that he says that I thought that Kevin was telling Tyrone that he does need to say something. Oh, I don't to know Fizz. then. You yeah, didn't I... write it down. Oh, Kevin tells Tyrone he needs to tell Fizz how he feels. Can't be any. Clearer oh, than yeah, that. but sometimes that could be the other way around, <laughs> yeah, couldn't it? Okay. Okay, so Kevin says, "Yeah, you need to tell him how you feel. You need to tell her how you feel. Take advice from me. I have done everything. I've not put a foot wrong my whole life. I've had so many dramatic. Speaking. I've been in lots of dramatic wedding storylines. I know where. I know, I know what I'm how talking to about, get. Ty. If you want to see, this is what you got to do. So he turns up at the door and he's about to leave, but before he does, he says, "No, I have to tell you this. Phil is a top bloke, but I still love you, and I think you still love me." And then Fizz says, "No, I'm marrying Phil," and Tyrone says, "Think about it," and then he leaves. <gasps> And she does. She does have a think. She has a long think, doesn't she? <laughs> yes. Takes so, a bit too long to come to a conclusion. Probably a bit too long. Maybe could have. Maybe could have come up with it a little bit earlier. I say but... you've got to set a cut-off point for thinking. I <laughs> when you marry someone else, an hour. Give yourself an hour. If you haven't thought it through enough, just forget it. <laughs> On Wednesday, Fizz cajoles Evelyn into apologising to Mimi for accidentally kicking her crutch. And Mimi's like, that wasn't an accident. Also, it definitely wasn't me who who contacted Camilla. Please, can you invite me to your hen do? <laughs> and Fizz can't really say no. Then Fizz's phone rings and it's Tyrone. And she's looking a bit awkward and, and what's the word, anxious. And, but she cancels the call. Then she goes round and sees Tyrone and tells him, nothing's changed, I'm still marrying Phil. And she tells him she'll always love him, but she can't be with him. And Tyrone's like, no, we're special. And um, she says, you had my heart once, but I can't trust you with it again. And I love that line. If only she'd listened to herself. (laughs) She said, if you love me, you'll let me go. Fizz and Maria are getting in the Hindu outfits. Camilla joins, joins in, she turns up as well. And um, Fizz is getting ready to go and she kind of gives a wistful look to Tyrone in the garage being so manly before scurrying off after them at the Rovers where the party kicks off. Fizz and Evelyn are there. Maria does a game of Mr and Mrs. And Fizz does pretty well with the questions about Phil. Um, Camilla's getting her nose put out of joint but then she gets one of the questions right, which... Um, which about Phil's favourite TV show, yeah. Because Fizz says his favourite his favorite TV show is on BZ and, and actually Camilla says it's CSI Miami. <laughs> what a random. Whose favourite show is CSI Miami, for goodness sake? <laughs> Mimi's like, Zombiezy? What kind of a hooligan watches a show like that? Then it turns to... We cut I to think it's in the answer to that is everybody, everybody who lives on Coronation Street. I know that Sally and, and, and um, Sally loves it. I don't know. I can't remember if Tim likes yeah, it Yeah, I think not. he did. I think Sally... I thought wasn't, I thought Sally was scared of it. I can't remember. Abby was watching it as well, wasn't she? I love the fact that Zombiezy is like the Game of Thrones of Weatherfield. It's a thing now, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like I like that they brought it back because it's been a few years since Zombiezy has been mentioned, um, I think. And it was quite fun that we actually got to see it. Like, that, that was a brilliant cut going to Tyrone with the with the DVD case going oh brilliant I can't wait to sit and watch this and we got to see like the intro sequence for it so well done graphics people at Corey who put that yeah, together and I like, do feel it got overused a little bit I during do. the week no I loved it 
and there was also a bit where he where you got to see like somebody running through the woods like well we can only imagine what kind of what kind of uh, adventures they get up to in the world of <laughs> zombiesy wouldn't it wouldn't it surprise everyone if it wasn't actually about zombies i think uh, and it should have been somebody walking through the woods and then they come across the grave of rick nealon and then <laughs> zombie rick nealon pops uh, out of the ground <laughs> this would be a great way of um reintroducing some of the characters in coronation street who've died <laughs> yeah <laughs> just have like charlie Dumello just starts charlie starring charlie Dumello. i would say no up. to that <laughs> just everyone's favorite zombiesy character and then <laughs> and then he comes to visit the street and i was like wow he looks just like him man oh toy are you sad <laughs> she's um, moved on Gemma spider <laughs> who needs Imran she's saying um, so <clears throat> he's watching Zombiesy well he would be if he could find the bloody remote well the, well, the remote doesn't have any batteries so he try, goes to change him and then he sees a picture of his happy family that he's ruined and looks sad and then Hope comes downstairs and she refuses to go to bed and um, he gets mad at her and takes Phil's tablet off of her then we get Phil that's a clue everybody Phil goes to speed dial for his stag do with his one friend. His one friend. It's yeah. kind of sad, but I only had two people on my stag do, so I'm I'm only one person better than Phil. <laughs> but Phil's a good bloke. <laughs> he is a top bloke, isn't he? He's a top bloke. So top. Over the Rovers, Mimi is massively flirting with Uncle Ronnie. Thought that was brilliant. Camilla calls Fizz over and says, look, I do actually like you. I deserve, you deserve to know that Phil wants me back and he's been emailing me and I can show you if you like. And Fizz doesn't believe her and Evelyn tells her to get lost. And then Fizz phones up Phil and he picks his mate picks it up and says Phil's just nipped out with Camilla. And Camilla takes Phil outside and says, oh, where did it all go wrong for us? And he says, it's probably when you had it away with the gardener. <laughs> and she says, oh, we were so happy back then. We could be again. I'm so glad you emailed me. Oh, I'm so glad you emailed me and I still love you too. Meanwhile, Fizz is getting a bit worried. They head around the corner and see Camilla and Phil canoodling. Or are they? I need to watch that scene again. I meant to do it because it really did look like they were having a, a proper a proper snogging session there. Well, Fizz gets upset and heads home and Maria realises she's in a TV show because she's written she takes a screenshot but it's actually called a photo. Oh, yeah, she took a photo. When you were in the show. No, no, no. I thought that she was filming it. I think that she took a screenshot of something okay. that she was filming. Well, they head back to the Ravens to have a big bitch about Phil and take do some shots. And then Phil comes in and Fizz has a go at him and shows him this picture. And he says, look, Camilla got upset and I just comforted her before I put her in a taxi. I swear I love you. And Maria says, well, how come you were emailing her then? And he's like, well, that's a mystery. Well, it wasn't me. And she definitely got them, but I don't, I don't know who sent them. And then Mimi, t- like, comes out of the toilets completely drunk and everyone looks at her like, it was her, it was her. She denies it, but she does admit that um, that she doesn't think this is good enough. <laughs> and then she gets in a huff and says she's going back to number nine. And Phil bans her from the wedding. Um, and she gets, she gets pushed into a taxi going, oh, it's so unfair, I didn't do anything, it's not fair. And Fizz is looking very relieved. Then we get the girls come down in their bridesmaids' dresses. It looks like they've managed to clean everything. All the wine's gone. Just looks beige now. Ruby loves it. Hope's not that enamoured. And then late at night, we see Hope on the iPad. She comes down and she starts tapping away at it. What's she doing? I think it was very obvious what she was doing. It was her all along. What a devious little young girl she is. And yeah. also a very good writer. I hope that she got greater depth in the sats this year because um, to be able to convince both Camilla and what was it, the um, 
the reception place, so the, the wedding place, that she is a fully grown adult able to write both formal letters of request to cancel um, ceremonies and also presumably some kind of love letter. That's pretty good. I, I never knew she would. Have, I would never would have thought she had it in her. No. I would have thought you, that. I would have thought that she's more of a. Um, PE kind of girl than literacy. She literally feels like the sort of villain who relies more on brawn than brains. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, um, Maria comes around on Friday. They're all getting ready for the wedding. And then Phil comes in going, someone's cancelled the registrar. They all start panicking. And they're like, how did he, How did Mimi do this? How, how, how awful. Tyrone comes around and she, he comes to pick up the bridesmaid dresses. He takes them around to the girls and... Hope admits everything. She's brilliant. It doesn't take her long, does it? Yeah, she's she... like, it was me. <laughs> yeah, she was crying a bit. She about says, it. Well, I don't, I don't want, um, I don't want mummy to get married to Phil, so I, I cancelled it. <laughs> cancelled that. Spilt the wine on the wed- on the bridesmaid dresses. Well, she didn't. <clears throat> she definitely didn't make Evelyn um, kick Mimi to the floor. No, that was just a bonus. So, I'm still not sure about that first fall that Mimi had. No, um, maybe she's just permanently drunk. <laughs> Tyrone rushes round and goes to see Fizz. No, he brings Fizz over yeah. and Hope's really sad and she's like, I don't want them to get married. I, I just, not after what he wrote about John, which is interesting because she's still holding a grudge there about the fact that um, Phil wanted to write a book about uh, John Stape, yeah, the murderer, her, biological her dad. dad. Um, she also says that Tyrone doesn't want Phil and Fizz to get married either. And Phil phones and says, oh, don't worry, we've sorted the wedding out. I mean, honestly, if you're the venue and you get an email at like one o'clock in the morning, going, hello, please, can I cancel my wedding? Do you just go cancel it or do you go... Hopefully someone else will turn up in the next 12 hours. Put it online, we've got a last minute cancellation. They love it in Weatherfield that we'll get about four people turning (laughs) up. So... (laughs) She says, he says, no, this is, I this don't is, know. This is where Hope makes Fizz tell Tyrone to come along to the wedding. Oh, She's yeah, like, if you're going to marry him, please if you're going to marry Tyrone, Phil, let, let's idea. have Dad come along. Then she goes off to get ready, and Tyrone, and this happens all the time in Coronation Street, and every time it happens, it really annoys me, gives Fizz a pair of earrings as her something old. And it's a pair of Vera's earrings that she got given from Jack for one of their wedding anniversaries. And Why does it annoy you? Because you're, if you're a bride, you've done your planning, you've got your outfit sorted out. You don't need people turning up like the blooming three wise men to see Jesus, bringing you That is various... true. People do often get their, their something else than you on the day, don't they? It might shock you to realise this, Tyrone, but I've picked my earrings already. <laughs> I already had a pair. Yeah, that's anyway. very true, actually. So she's very nice. She's not like me. She's like, oh, lovely. Thank you. She's very touched. Well, it's, you know, it's special, I mean, isn't it? It's the thing, right. it probably struck her like it struck me. And this wasn't explicitly said in the show, but those would have been the earrings that she would have worn were they to get married. Yeah. If she was going to marry Tyrone, she would have worn those earrings. Oh, yeah, that's true. See? Well, maybe, maybe it didn't count that wedding to Phil then. Maybe she accidentally... Maybe she had officially married Tyrone instead. Her earrings married Tyrone. Yeah. Okay, that makes Her sense. Her ears are wedded to Tyrone. Mm. Yeah, I thought this was very sneaky. Tyrone's he's being all, oh, I'm such a nice guy, but really he's not. He's a little snake. 
Still not forgiven him, have you? He can't no. let it go. He's like, oh, you know, I made a terrible. Mis-. He hasn't even said any at any point has he said anything like this. I know this is all my fault. I'm sorry. I'll I'll um, do my best to make you trust me again. I will never make the same mistake again. All he's I'm saying. Sure he has. No, he's just saying, oh, we love each other. You should marry him. Marry me instead. I think I'm- he has been pretty apologetic. No, no, not not enough for me. I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, I, I now know that I am not going to be going off with any Romanian neighbours. You won't get away with it. Because, no, it's not worth the faff trying to get back with you it's at the end of it when I've had my fill. Yeah, Phil. <laughs> Fizz had her fill. Yeah, she didn't <laughs> like it. No. <laughs> Maria finds Fizz looking pensive out the side of the flat and hurries her back in to number nine. She's like, do you want to marry Phil or not? Or what? And that's the big question, isn't it, of the day. Fizz gets in her dress. I have to say, she looks absolutely beautiful. She's wearing... A really nice um, white dress with off-the-shoulder, um, what's like, like a crossover bit. Really nice. She looked really lovely. She always scrubs up, scrubs up very well. Just Tony McAlpine. She looked radiant. So she gets in the car. It's a Bentley as well. I was like, bloody hell! <laughs> this is. I definitely. I would marry Phil anyway. Fizz put a year in at least just for that sweet, sweet. Divorce settlement <laughs> So they show up at the, at the this beautiful barn, which is probably the nicest decorated venue we've had on Coronation Street for a long time. It's lovely. All like flowing white tulle everywhere and floral arrangements. And I think I'm pretty sure there was a white um, plastic, like one of these uh, light up trees in mm. there, like a fake tree with lights on it. When we did the um, wedding episode of the podcast earlier this year, we said that barns were the up and coming place for people to get married in, didn't it's we? It's been like that but for I, years I, now. Yeah, yeah, but I, I can't remember there being a Coronation Street wedding in a place quite like this no, before. I don't think so. It was really nice that they were able to give them somewhere that wasn't Chariot Square or the Bistro. Yeah. And, and you know, I think there were maybe double figures in the wedding guests as well. There were quite a lot, but, but, um, Phil wasn't keeping the side up, was he? No. Well, oh, no, what do you mean? Well, he only had his mum and his friend. He didn't have any other people. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Even Camilla didn't turn up. Yeah. So, um, the barn's decorated and lovely. Mimi's back on the guest list because they realised it wasn't actually her, it was Hope. And Tyrone scuffles into next to Evelyn, who's pleased to see him. And he admits that if he sees, he says, if I see it, if I see the ceremony, it'll help me move on. It's like, it's like, if I see the body, I know she's really dead. You shouldn't have to um, see the wedding to realise that. Yeah, it makes good closure. Anyway, Fizz arrives, she walks down the aisle. She looks very nice. Did she walk by herself? I can't remember. No, no, she's got, the, she's got Maria and Hope and Oh, Ruby. yeah, okay. So, um, the ceremony begins and they have their own vows as always. It's like, I feel sometimes when I watch Granite Street, I wonder whether... There's royalties on the traditional <laughs> yeah. Church of England vows. She's, what they're like, you remember that time when Elsie Tanner got married and we used the actual vows? That nearly bankrupt ITV. We can't do that again. <laughs> um, what does it... It's something like... We're, I, I, we're a great team. I swear to God, we'll be an unbreakable team or some some kind of weird like that. Mm. And, she's, and she kind of doesn't say it and then she's like... Yeah, she stumbles. Has yeah. it, let's have a little break. Let's have, the, uh, let's have the advert break. And then when we come back, she's like... I'm sorry, and everyone's like, oh, "She's gonna, she's gonna run away." And then she says, "Can I try that again?" Ah. And then she's just like, "Boom, boom, boom." She, yeah, she doesn't even it. need to repeat them after the registrar. She knows these. She vowels. knows. Tyrone looked helpful. Now he's downcast. He knows that ship has sailed. And um, Phil puts the ring on uh, Fizz's finger, and they are pronounced man and wife, and everyone applauds. They walk down the aisle. 
Tyrone's left alone. Made me wonder whether, like, you know, Fizz, because she knew she had doubts, did she learn the lines off Pat extra hard just so that she could, you know, if she was feeling, if she thought, I might feel a bit wobbly, I need to know what I'm going to say. And she just rattled them off without thinking almost so that she just could get it over with because she knows that that's what everyone's expecting her to do and that's what she should do in inverted commas. So I don't know, I kind of got that sort of vibe there. Yeah. Tyrone goes back to the garage and tells Kev who tries to he's like um, oh I don't I don't care I'm gonna go home and, and watch Zombiesy and eat, eat takeaway I actually like I wanna be alone and Kevin's like well I'll come round later with some with some beers and he's like no I wanna be alone probably a good job that Kevin didn't come round considering uh, what ended up happening I mean we it just saw the bit, snog yeah. but who knows what happened knows? for the rest of the evening I don't know whether I don't know how much Zombiesy would have been watched uh, that evening so, the wedding party goes where else but the bistro because the budget didn't swing for... Why didn't they just stay in the barn? I know, it's not like you need to get married in the barn, is it? It's normally you you have your wedding in the barn because you want your reception at the barn. Yeah. Not like, oh, I only want to get married in a barn. I don't have my reception in a barn. I guess maybe it was just... I am, a cow? Too expensive for Coronation Street to have more food scenes filmed now or something. I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems... Was... Seems it was something odd. Like, yeah, it was very strange. So this barn doesn't have a side room where Fizz and Phil can go and have a secret conversation where she dumps him. Impossible. <laughs> Maria, Sean, and Sally feel—they're like, oh, I feel sorry for Fizz. I didn't. She didn't look very happy, does she? And then they all toast her, and Phil and Fizz have have a dance, and um, she looks very unhappy. But the best, the, whoever came up with this idea, I want them to get raised because. There was a karaoke machine at the at the reception, and what a brilliant collection of characters to have mm. sing these these um these songs. So Evelyn and Mimi duet to "I Know Him So Well," and oh my goodness, it was brilliant because Evelyn's such a microphone hog, and she's singing, and then Mimi's trying to join in, and she's like, "It's not yet, it's not your turn yet, it's my go now." And um, they did, and there's it was very well done. Fizz- tells Phil she wants to speak to him and throughout the entire scene where she's dumping him, Evelyn is singing tunelessly in the background. It was a stroke of genius. So I do sometimes think that characters, when they're supposed to be singing bad on the karaoke, overdo it a little bit. And it, it almost does feel a little bit like, I can understand you're out of tune, but you're out of time as well. I, I don't know. I, I really, really did enjoy it. But I think maybe... But you maybe, come from a musical family, I do, so but I think understand. maybe it was pushed a little bit too far at just how off she would be. I think, you, you, yeah, your musical family doesn't understand. No, no, I do understand. I just I just think it is a little unrealistically wrong. All right, all right. So. But it was still lots Fizz of says fun. to Phil, I need to talk to you. And he's like, please don't do this. He realises what's going he on. He walks God, out like a man awkward, how cr- condemned. Ugh, poor Phil. He's like, he's going to his execution. And he's like, please don't say what I think you're going to say. She won't stop. She says, look, my heart should be full of... We should be bursting out of my chest, but I'm, I don't feel anything. I've been lying to myself. I've been lying to you. I, I don't love you. <laughs> and he says, but I love you. And she says, I'll tell everyone. I'll tell everyone. I'm sorry. Doesn't and she it, say something like, oh, you must really hate me right now. And I hated like, oh, that. worse than that. I love you. Yeah, that was awful. No, I didn't that. mind that line. No, no, no. It was, oh, just, it was oh, heart yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was a brilliant line. Yeah. That was a brilliant line. Um, so he's devastated. And I felt so bad for him. They come out of the beast. They come out of the little kitchen where they've been having this chat, and um, Fizz kind of immediately leaves. And uh, Phil makes an announcement, going, 
my wife and I have decided to consciously uncouple or something like mm. that. And then don't worry, though, all the food and drinks paid for. Let's carry on. Let's let's keep being merry. And then he starts singing Build Me Up Buttercup. And everyone's just looking really sad. And he just looks so devastated. He does. He does. He's, he, he did a really good job, Jamie Kenner, on the mic he as well, didn't he? Brilliant. He actually did have a good set of pipes on him. But the, the, he was just looking so down and broken he as like he was, he was singing He was trying it. to force himself to be jolly. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, everybody just looked really, really gutted for him. Poor like, Evelyn there was, oh. And um, Mimi looks really sad and then she grabs a bottle of champagne and kind of sticks it under her arm, doesn't she? Yeah, I... Oh, oh, was was that what it was? Was it champagne that she had? What else did it be? Oh, I didn't. I th- I didn't know. I thought that she like had a glass of wine and Evelyn passed her a bottle of wine because like you're gonna need well, to exactly. drown your sorrows what did or I something. Say, then? Well, no, you said champagne, which which is suggests that well now you can celebrate. Because no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah. Well, just because you've got champagne doesn't mean you're happy, Michael. Loads of rich people are actually really sad inside because many of them have No, buy champagne. Um, look, I'm, that's I'm always glad, the same thing. I'm glad that they at didn't. At least for the first half an hour. <laughs> I'm glad that they didn't have Mimi kind of crowing. I don't think it no, would have suited looked, the mood. She looked sad. She's, for her she's son. Like, yeah, she she's did. She's probably secretly she's, relieved. Yeah, but, but she's, she's probably also she is going, human as well. Um, that girl's not going to get her hands on my family jewels. <laughs> so. Fizz goes round to number nine, knocks on the door. Tyrone opens the door and he's like, he sees her there and she says she's left Phil and he says, oh, I've got, I'm watching something on the telly <laughs> as a joke. And I'm like, Phil, um, Tyrone, you're in no position here to make any kind of jokes about this. You should get down on your hands and knees and lick her feet. <laughs> Maybe that's deserve, what they went on to do that evening. Her. They kiss, and that's the end of the episode. Hooray, Fizz and Tyrone are back together. Oh, I'm so happy with this. I, I'm really, really conflicted, though. It's a little bit like the Abby and Rantoy story earlier the, this year. Like, there, there, there couldn't be an outcome where I was completely happy because I love all six members of, of those two storylines. And um, Phil has been so, so brilliant on the show. I don't know whether he's left. I've got no idea. If Jamie Kenner isn't on Twitter, is he? And usually when characters um, leave Coronation Street, they do a little post on social media although he, he's actually on have a quick look on his Instagram see if he said anything but um, I think he's been a great character he's not been you know I, I don't know how memorable he's going to be because he's just a fairly standard guy he's just a plain old Mr Nice guy but that was exactly what this story needed Fizz wanted somebody who was very reliable and, and could look after her and everything and was just you know fairly decent and I, I think he's done, he's done a, a really really good job and I'd really hope that he can stay in the show but I get a feeling that this is this is his exit but we have got to see an awful lot more of him than I expected we ever would that doesn't make any sense because aren't they not going to have a conversation about what's going to like oh yeah I mean this might not be his final episode I'm saying that maybe Monday's going to be his final episode because you know if you want to leave Weatherfield you got to do it quickly I think that I I would hope that we're going to have some kind of closure scene or something between Fizz and Phil. I mean, to be honest, Tyrone and Fizz... Sorry, Tyrone and Phil need to have a story to... Uh, a story, a scene together, don't they? Because they've had this weird little bromance going on for the past six months or so since that homoerotic uh, Christmas Day party and then, the, and then the cement one as well. So I think... I think it'd be kind of nice if Phil was, like, you know, the best man one or something to Tyrone. No! But don't give in, Phil. That you're still married. Get get consummating, lad. 
I I was very very sad we're last never, year when never. I heard that Fizz and Tyrone would be having an affair, and I, I literally I remember because that was Fizz and Tyrone having an affair. Sorry, would would be uh, would be breaking up because I um I, it was when I was on the Zoom call I did was doing one of those Coronation Street Zoom um press thingies last yeah. year and, and that was when it was like oh and now we're going to do the big affair storyline that's right Fizz and Tyrone are going to split up and I was like really really gutted because I loved them as a couple but um, even though Tyrone was it really was... only last year? yeah yeah it was it, was, it, was it feels a... like it's been going for years yeah, it was about 14-15 months ago I think um, and it, it's just been a really good story from the moment we had that epic long scene when um, Tyrone admits to Fizz that he's he's fancies Alina and they kissed and everything, all the Boo. way through to I mean I suppose some of the Alina bit was a bit dull, Boo. but it's it's gone on for a long time and they've not rushed it. There have been periods of time where it drops off the radar, but on the whole it's it's been good and and I I would hope that I'm not alone in welcoming Boo. Tyrone back into Fizz's warm and uh, and fuzzy embrace. Boo. But um, I think possibly, I don't know, it seems like on social media there are more people that are on your side. My side? Your side of Tyrone and My Fizz should not get back right, together again. The right way to live your life. Um, can I just say, it's all very well and dandy, everyone happy, happy, joy, joy. You wait till... Alina turns up with baby. I know, baby I know. Pop. She she is still lingering over them, isn't she? I think that we she may well be popping back into Weatherfield at some point soon, or just just after they settle down with a little baby. That wouldn't surprise me in the least. But um, no, I I'm happy, and I I hope that in time, Gemma, you'll learn to. No, I shan't. Tyrone. No, I, I don't ever learn him. my lessons. Never. You never forgive anybody. Never you hold forget, grudges. Never forget. Don't get on Gemma's bad side. Wait, anybody. wait for them to let their guard down, and then I'll poo in their shoes, just like Cerberus. <laughs> so I did. We did a poll, um, and I said, "Would this is a Twitter poll? Was it? Yeah. What would you reckon that Phil and uh, Fizz are going to be hitched by the end of the day and Hitch got 22% and Ditch got 78% but really everyone was right because yeah. they <laughs> yeah, got Hitch, they and, hitch and there was total Ditch in yeah. there well, th- what did you think about the way that they did it would it have been more would it have been better if she'd gone through with the stumbling of words and then decided no I can't do it and jilted him at the altar or did you like it being stretched out a little bit no, longer like, really, I'm honestly feeling like there's more to this story because I don't think Bill's going to give up give up and I think Mimi's too great to let her go. I think that Phil looked pretty broken at the end. I think that he he he's must have seen it coming because Fizz and Tyrone, like you said earlier, have been kind of been very, very chummy with each other for a long time. And if I was Phil, I would have been nervous about this happening. And when he was up there singing his Build Me Up Buttercup, he was just, he was almost, um, he was living it, wasn't he? He wasn't trying to hide oh, I've been dumped. He was like, oh, no, I knew this would happen. I'm going to make a big song and dance about it, literally. So I think that th- I think this is it for him. And the way that Coronation Street does often work with characters leaving on the Monday after a big climax on Friday, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if he poodles off back down south with um, with Mimi. What's he going to do now? Because he was, uh, he was banking on uh, Tyrone selling his house so that he could t- get his hands on that cash to fix his roof. What's his roof? What's he going to do with his roof? What's he going to do with this... 500 bedroom mansion now he hasn't got anybody to live in it with him <laughs> you can sell it and live somewhere else it'll be alright oh it's but, so um, sad yeah Tyrone and Fizz no I love, I love Phil is better Phil is a better man than, than Tyrone I think I think that you can't tell me that Tyrone's a good person I think that absolutely Phil if I was if I was Fizz's mate I would be telling her 
I'd be like, like, what I, have you done? I, I, I think what I'd probably be saying for? stick with Phil. Phil is more reliable. Um, yeah, but it's not that's not it's not to do with that, is it? It's with who do you love? I know, I you know, exactly. In a way, is it better f- that she's um, told him now rather than dragging out, you know, God knows, 10, 20, 30 years of a loveless marriage, mm. you know, without, without ever really confessing how she feels and letting him live a lie? Yeah. Are you? What do you think about the fact that they actually got married? Is that going to ultimately have saying. any difference? Are they? I mean, because there was no consummation street last night, was there? Or tonight, was there? Um, so if they can get a quick and easy divorce if they want to go down that route. Um, Depends on whether Phil agrees or not. I what would make it life very difficult for Phil uh, Fisbon yeah, him. No, I think he's no, I'd, I'd be vengeful. I know you would be. But, but yep, I think that's it. You know. You, 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 you and Phil you are not my quite wedding. the same in terms of personality, you are you? You ruined my karaoke wedding. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I, I was, um, were, were you? Were we watching one of the old episodes on the DVDs the other day when um, Tyrone was on the um, karaoke? We were, weren't we? We were watching the 2009 oh, he episode. He Molly. bought Molly a uh, karaoke machine for Christmas, which was literally just, just a present just for, for him, himself. Yeah. And his Christmas 2009 was just spent crooning all the way through the episode. He's good, pretty good as well. Um, I was wondering, you know, as an alternate idea for how this episode could have played out, could, like, Fizz have decided to, uh, I'm not a Tavari Phil, I can't marry you, Tyrone, I want to marry you, and, and she's like to the registrar, look, while you're here, could you marry me and Tyrone? <gasps> Just imagine if by the end of this episode, I thought that could have made quite a good twist, because it seems fairly inevitable, I would say, that Fizz and Tyrone will get married now. This whole storyline kicked off, remember, when Fizz was trying to push the engagement. Now, fair play to her, they had been engaged for, what, five, six, seven years at that point, so maybe you do want to get the ball rolling. But um, this, it was a wedding that started it, it's a wedding that ended it, and um, I, I think, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna get married by the end of the year. If I was Tyrone, bloody luckiest guy on the planet right now, I'd be getting a ring on Fizz's finger, lickety split. Disgrace. That wouldn't, don't you think? Disgraceful. He, he was the one that didn't. I don't. Know. He was the one that got scared and got cold yeah, feet. Yeah, he got cold feet about the wedding. She wanted to go to Greece and get married, and yeah. he was like, "Oh no, but I want to bang this woman." But yeah, he, no, but before that, he just didn't seem like he was that into the idea of getting married at all or rushing it, even though they'd been engaged for that He's long. having a but stupid midlife like I said, crisis. He needs, he needs to get a ring on he that. He should have just got a convertible. <laughs> um, so the, the wedding itself, we kind of mentioned before, was, was very nicely done. Good. Um, I don't know, it, it was definitely the biggest one for a while, probably since maybe Michelle and Robert's wedding that they had at the church that time, because it has been very, very, very yeah. Chariot Square and um, Bistro-centred. So I don't know what it was about Fizz and Phil that, you know, mean that they earned themselves be, a big no, venue. had to be a big one for Phil, because just to sort of let us know how super, super loaded he was. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. The Bentley, Michael. Where'd they get the Bentley from? <laughs> um... So that, I'd love a Bentley. I'll, that's my ambition. A mm. little bit disappointed, but not at all surprised that we didn't get Imagine any... Imagine if my first car was a Bentley. Huh, that'd be amazing. You have not... Okay, I've yeah. never owned a car. Imagine, imagine how... Um, yeah, that was... Uh, you lost what I was going to say. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I was disappointed, yet not at all surprised that we didn't have any more of Fizz's family there. We had no Scylla, because apparently her osteoporosis is full on at the moment and that's technical term there and um, similarly Chesney is in bed with the Lurgy so I don't Weird. know poor Sam Aston I mean I don't know why you can um, come along to this that just seems like 
No, you use these stupid excuses for when characters have left the show. You don't need to do it if they're literally on the cast still. So I wonder whether there was ever anything like, um, you know, was was Chesney planned to be in it, but something happened that meant Sam Aston couldn't do it? Or, I don't It was just very weird him not being there. Me, it just, I just, it was nice that there were more people there, but... I mean, okay, maybe I wouldn't have wanted Chesney gurning along to the service. I would have liked to have seen a bit, a few more extras because I think it would have made sense to say, "Oh, these are Phil's uh, family." But other than that, yeah. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was nice, nicely packed. We got to see, um, like Gemma was joining in there, wasn't she? Gemma she, at one she point was walking around the macaroons. Yeah, she's walking around with the entire like three, four tiers of macaroons. Mm. Oh, what did you think of the cake? The little um, cupcake cake? No. Why? Why? No. Why? Why? No. You want a proper... Just have a giant cake. Just accept it. <laughs> you only get one... There's only one... Like, very few opportunities. Maybe when you have a baby and it gets christened or whatever. Mm. How many times do you get a giant... You can have a giant cake with all these tears. Why do you waste it on using cupcakes? You can have cupcakes whenever you want. Yeah, that's true. They sell them at Tesco. Gemma made me a nice cake for my birthday last week. Everybody it wouldn't did, have didn't tears you? on it. They did it. It didn't have tears no. on it, no. It was, a, it was a nice butterscotch layer cake from Nigella Lawson. Very yeah, tasty, I would Twitter. recommend it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's she answered you. I tell, times, I tell her how to cook her recipes more and <laughs> the better, and she agrees with me. Yeah. Um, did you feel bad for Mimi when it was? It turned out that it was actually Hope. I, I don't think that yes. we got enough um, vindication. She didn't get vindicated properly at no, all. No, she just turned up in the end, didn't she? She's like, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have sabotaged your wedding. <laughs> Poor Poor woman. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and it was really funny how her and Mimi were like, uh, her and Evelyn were sniping at each other for ages and then eventually end up, because they were both drunk, just doing a duet together. It was brilliant. I tell it you what, so, so if there's anything to mourn here, it's the fact that Mimi and Evelyn are not going to be um, family. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's not going to be an awkward Christmas. No. Like in The Good Life, when um, they didn't deliver Christmas to... Penelope or whatever her name was and they had to go around the other the poor one's house and they they made a paper she made a paper um a newspaper hat oh yeah, that? yeah yeah I don't think I know what you mean yeah yeah oh well oh well we had a I, I mean and she did Mimi has rubbed at some viewers a lot of viewers really up the what? wrong way hasn't she she's I love um, her I, I think she's fine she's but so I think great there would certainly be some people that would be <sighs> I'm very happy to see Can't her go. Everyone, did you, you? Um, did you like uh, Camilla as a character? Um, she was on Emmerdale, wasn't she? Before apparently, was she? Uh, I thought she was great. She was very glossy, very posh, very very alardy dada. Come see Phil. Mm. Um, I, I just know. think that she was a bit stupid for falling for Hope's emails. Why? Well, just because I don't think that a child would be able to do a particularly You're just good have job. Have to assume that either Phil is functionally illiterate. Which yeah. makes the book prospect quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> book about John State looking like it was written by a ten-year-old. Accomplished at writing He's a very letters. bad man. Maybe she's just got a book of like, um, a hundred of greatest historical love letters, and she's just lifting bits from there. <laughs> okay, well. Don't forget, with... there's very good spell checkers these days. Yes, that's very true. Um, Dear Camilla, anything I else? miss you. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. I am getting married. You should come and see me. I miss you. I love you. Phil. So it's easy. Brilliant. Anyone can do it. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I was very happy with this story. I think the Mimi and Evelyn stuff was at its peak on Monday. 
because that was before the wedding really got going in full force. So it was literally just, let's stick these characters in a scene together Love at home. Them. You know, it's a sitcom setup, isn't it? Two yeah. people who hate each other confined in a little space and let's see what they do. But um, yeah, all throughout the week, they, they were just fantastic together. Um, I enjoyed this very much. So, um, along came a spider is the next story. So let's find out what he's been up to this week. Well, they have made it to the Gazette. Um, there with their uh, what, was, what, did they, what were they making I've lost what they did oh yeah it was the bin protest wasn't it the uh, holding up the bin lorry They're on the front page of the Gazette <laughs> with that there is Tyrone and, and Toya in their flat and then Ed comes up and he is immediately grilled by Spider about the number of properties in his portfolio so Spider's clearly um, a bit miffed about um He's got a bone to pick with landlords in general. Well, hasn't I think he? a lot because of people do. If you go on Twitter, that people hate landlords. I think it was it was obviously just supposed to be there because what Spider ends up doing later on in the episode is um, trying to sneak into the brewery so that these homeless people can get somewhere to live because well, they couldn't afford to to buy property or rent property. Sorry, from these greedy landlords. Well, yeah, Ed's, Ed's like, where's my rent? Where's mm. my rent? And Lots, I, like, I saw uh, I saw more than a few people saying, oh, Spider, he was a bit harsh to Ed. Was he always like that? And I think he yes, was. Yes, he was. I think he was absolutely always like that. Yes, he was also kind of fun-loving and a bit, yeah, a bit dopey and, and, and kind and nice. But if he, you know, went up against somebody who represented whatever man. it is he is currently campaigning a bit against, yes, he's absolutely like this. It's just, it's just weird to see people defending Ed, who's another character that doesn't seem to be particularly popular. I, I really like Ed, but... Um, yeah, no, I thought that was very much in Spider's personality, if really least what I remember him anyway. No, absolutely, and also, like, there's no, nobody more strident than somebody who's self-righteous and believes that they're, they're mm. morally correct, and uh, many people would agree with Spider, you know, about the morality of... Um, yeah, well, of didn't Spy, wasn't Spider, like, going, yeah, landlord, lord of the land... <laughs> Which is something that I used in school this week because we're doing about the High Woman poem and so some of the children couldn't spell landlord. They were writing L-A-N-L-O-R-D. And I said it's landlord, not landlord. Um, nothing to do with internet. Oh, internet landlord. cables. They didn't have that back BT in the 17th my century. <laughs> yeah, we're at the whim of BT. <laughs> I, I think um, Ed probably went home and cried into a big bundle of money. Probably. After being told off by Spider. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, later on in the week, it's a different story. Ed has got an absolutely brilliant scene with Steve, hasn't he? Um, so, anyway, Spider... Well, um, hang on. No, no, no. He, she's there. He's oh, there yes, to yeah. He's, he's there for money. And Toya says, I don't actually got any money at the moment. But well, I'm going like, to have well, a new job soon. She's like, I don't... Went from having two incomes to none. Yeah. So. Toya's feeling pretty sure about herself. But to be fair to her, she's probably seen the copious other number of people on Coronation Street. They're out of job one day and they walk straight into a new one the next. She's <laughs> just, there's just a trial period coming around the corner for her. My question is... Was Imran insured? And if he was, do you get any money if you're accused of murdering him? I don't know. Maybe they have to wait for that whole thing to clear up. Do you think the insurance person's like, I understand, Mrs. Heavy, but the the problem is... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's win-win for Toya, really, because if she, if she manages to get Ed to accept this a bit of an IOU, well, if she wins, then she can have the money, and if she loses, she gets sent to prison. So she's like, sorry, Ed, rent. can't pay you. I'm in jail. I've got my own landlord now. Yeah, I've got a new landlord. He's called the governor. So, um, Spider takes Toya dumpster diving out the back of the shop for some free food. And Toya's like, oh, this is brilliant. I'm having flashbacks to my activist days. He gave us some raspberries. He did give us some raspberries. Yeah, Georgia Taylor enjoys raspberries, doesn't she? So I don't know whether that was put in especially for her. 
Um, well, she, she gets two pennies of them. Brilliant. And she's there going, and he's like, look at this vegan slice. It's only been here like half an hour. It's really great. Sticking it to the man. And she's like, what? Dev? <laughs> that does remind me of our friend Katie's dad who liked to cut the mould off the cheese before he ate it. It was, yeah, it was quite uncomfortable. Because <laughs> he he's the kind of guy who's super into, like, showing off, like, what, how much money he saved and stuff. And he, mm. So we went on there for tea and he was going, look at this trifle. It's only gone off three days ago. <laughs> and I was, I'm really funny about that. Very resourceful. So, Gemma, is a, at a, you're a slave to your best befores, aren't you? I'm not, so much, I'm not as bad as I used to be. No. Used by dates are the, are the problem, not best befores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Especially don't try to feed me meat. That's out of date. Okay, I won't. Please. So, anyway. Or at least tell me. <laughs> let me choose. Don't don't let me eat and then go, that was good, wasn't it? You can't tell it as it went off three weeks ago, can you? <laughs> no, you will once it gets down your digestive system. You will eventually, you. yeah. Um, so, last week's episodes ended with Spider on the phone making a mysterious phone call, didn't it? And people yes. were, again, a little bit worried about, oh, has Spider gone to the dark side so or something like this? So I was going to ask like you this. about this. Is this what this was? I, yeah, I think this is what this was because he said on the phone, oh, I'll see you Monday. I and, have to um, say, I, of all the things I was kind of trying to guess, this was not one of them because it's not really that interesting. It's not, but I was kind of excited about the potential for it to be interesting because I kind of want to know what it's like inside the brewery, you know? Oh, tough. We, we didn't, didn't get, to, get to see any inside. Literally, if, if Debbie and um, Uncle Ronnie had turned up just a few minutes later, maybe we'd have been able to see Spider inside the brewery, but alas, no. Anyway, well, so are, what, um, party what they're planning to do is to... Uh, squatting it that he's going to get some um, um, some homeless people and uh, and move them in there because it, it, it closed you know a few years ago it's it's up for the up for grabs according well, to spider the live there why can't they exactly well debbie was just saying oh i don't know what to do with this place yeah yeah she says she's going to use planning to do it up didn't she which is really interesting because we were saying on the um changing for that's a coronation street discussion we had a couple of months ago that that brewery lane i'm convinced is going to be the next bit of the set that they're going to develop because there was that person on the digital spy forum that had put all their plans in for this is what i would do with it oh. so could this be the beginnings of a new development on um on the brewery lane I, I don't think that they're going to be doing any big set developments anytime really soon because there's the um the uh, what are they call the precinct that's still being built at the moment, plus the new visitor centre, but it wouldn't surprise me. And it's nice that it is still Debbie in charge of it, but also slightly ridiculous that she seems to earn all of it. She's like the luckiest Monopoly player ever, isn't she? She's got hotels yep. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. owns, all the, owns all the property cards. I'm surprised that, that uh, Spider wasn't mad at her, really. Yeah. Well, she's been spending all of her riches wisely, hasn't she? She's got some lovely pink hair dye. She's yeah. going for a bit of a Jackie Dobbs in a second appearance, wasn't she? Why not? Us? I think that she looked fabulous this week. Very, very nice. She always looks fabulous. She does always look fabulous, but that little pink sheen that she had was interesting for She's her. very polished. She just needs to make it go, um, like, full on so she could be like a little pink Phyllis Pierce or something. <laughs> hey, listen up, what you're doing Oh, Ronnie. Get out of the Anyway, we're skipping right ahead with this. So, plus... Spider's, spider's planning to occupy the brewery and Toya's like, oh, I can help by peacefully protesting outside because she doesn't really want to get into trouble with us. <laughs> well, what she, would have been on yeah. murder? Yeah. So she... Keep your nose out. I, I, I loved how being with Spider made her rebellious side come to the fore a bit. She was, like, by Wednesday and Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Friday's episode, back to being the sort of Toya that some people are being put off 
you know. But, what do you mean? Well, just by being a, you know, oh, I was having a bit of crying. Oh, I want the ashes. I know I deserve this. And oh. yeah. So some some people have, are, are fed up with Toya at the moment. Not us. Never. But, but the Monday Toya, when she was with Spider and just, yeah, just having, having little lovely flashbacks. I want to know what Imran thinks, thinking, yeah, looking down. I don't. I don't heaven. think that he's. Uh, Is he like? He's too pleased. How about come this? you never protested or went like, dumpster diving when I was with you? But, you know, Spider stirred something within Toya. Well, she's. I think. That, I think he's yearning. gonna. I think he's gonna stir her ovaries back into action again. She's gonna be Dragon. popping out those over. Yeah, by the end of the month. I we tell don't you. know if that's possible. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so um, what else happened? She's like, I'll Spider... help you. Yes, yeah, Spider... and he's like, it's not strictly legal. Yeah, he says. Yeah, he says we're in a bit of a grey area. Um, and Toya says, oh, I can definitely help out with this because um, she says I can't organise a booze up in a brewery, but a squat. So she goes to the bistro. Well, I don't understand why she said that. It doesn't. That does not make. Any it doesn't sense. make sense, really. Why can't she organise? Was she just admitting that she was a really, really bad landlady? <laughs> can't organise a boozer. No, when she oh. was at the Rovers. Yeah, um, you, you haven't forgotten, had you? I know. I know you did then. <laughs> Iconic. Like, really, you 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 can though. I bet you could. Probably could. Especially around here, they're all alcoholics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't organise a booze up in Speed Dial because it's a dry restaurant, we found sounds, out today. Sounds, yeah. yeah, makes my throat feel itchy. I didn't actually bring a drink in to do a podcast. No, I need to, today. can I go and get a drink? No, no, let's do it after this story, have a little, little breather. Uh. So, um, t- t- she goes to the bistro, does Toya, and says, Leanne, can I, can I use your printer? I would have thought that maybe Imran might have his own printer. Yeah, but Adam He's... doesn't want her in the the thing because he thinks she's a murderer. No, no, well, they and definitely seem was... like the fat sort of family that would have a printer in their flat. No, he'll be like, I can print They're it at work. They're young professionals. Um, no, I'm going to print it at work, which is around the corner. Why should I pay for printing? Mm. And if I was Adam, I'd be like, I've got one rule about my printer and it's no murderers allowed. <laughs> which is why Gary's not allowed in there. Yes. So um, she, she goes back um, and, and takes the key for the brewery out of the safe. She, she goes to the back, sorry, and, and takes it out of the safe. Fairly easy to find. Well, there's a Lonely. million keys in there. Yeah. So the, she goes, she's kind of scurries back to Spider, and he's like, brilliant, thanks, Toy, you're amazing. I don't need to get in trouble about this, though. And she says, oh, I'm recapturing some of my youth. Um, but then I went, I can't remember exactly what the line was. She says, I had a really big, uh, I had an exciting youth. And then I went soft a bit in the middle, but now I'm back, baby. And I was she's thinking, like a yeah, I love this. Um, so... Then we have a scene a bit later where Beth and Kirk are out the back of the factory and um, I can't remember, they're talking about going to the bistro later or something and Kirk swears he can hear a suspicious noise from the brewery and when they're out at the bistro later, Kirk tells Debbie, for for dinner, yeah, Kirk tells Debbie, I I heard somebody there earlier, so she goes and checks for the key and what do you know, it's gone. Um, Then when we go back to the brewery... If they hadn't, if they had just cut the key and replaced it, then none of this would have happened. Exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, when they get to the brewery, that's when they catch well, a spider. Well, Debbie and Ronnie go. Yeah, they yeah. catch a spider just before he's about to go in. They put a giant glass over the top of him and scoop him out, yeah. throw him out the window. Throw him outside. Yeah, that's she gets how you hoover, do She's spiders. like, I'm gonna, <laughs> you're going to die. Um, and Ronnie stops Debbie calling the police and sends them on their way. So Spider back at home, or back at um, Toya's flat. Yeah, he says, um, oh, sorry, we got nabbed. And uh, she offers her flat as his base of operations. But then, 
just as she's getting into it, she gets another phone call from Shuttleworth. They're phoning Toya again and she says, oh, the ashes are ready to collect. But she doesn't take the call. Aww. And then she then she has a bit more of a cry at the end of the episode, well, doesn't she? She kind of realises that she's she's kind of been... It feels like she's been using everything that's been going she's on as spider as a distraction technique, exactly. She doesn't want to deal with these ashes Aww. because she doesn't, you know... Do you want to believe it's true? I know, exactly. And so... She says, Spider, sorry, you can't stay there. And he's, he does the classic Coronation Street thing of, right, I better go then right now. Put my knapsack over my shoulder and off I go. Go squat in the brewery. Yeah. And um, she, yeah, so poor old Tori is there. Very, very sad at the end of the episode. So Wednesday, <sighs> um, we start with Leanne trying to persuade Debbie not to get the police involved still. Toya, I mean, at this point, they don't know that it was Toya that did it, but Debbie heavily suspects that Toya has had something to do well, with the key snatching. She wasn't like the crime of the, the century, was it? No. She went, can I go in your office? Your your office that does not have CCTV in. Okay, and yeah, it's not, it doesn't take a genius. Yeah, I would have thought that after the Ray Crosby trying to um, uh, rape uh, Faye kind of thing in that very office, it might have been a bistro policy to get CCTV around all over the place just in case, you know any other dodgy staff members, but what do I know? Oh, don't say fired, Ray, it's all fine. Mm. We do get a little bit of angry earlier as well, later in the episode, don't we? Who's very cowie about Toya's protest when she reads about it in the paper. Shut up, Alia, exactly, say no more. She's like, oh, I can't believe you are doing stuff when your boy, when your husband died. (laughs) Shut up. Um, Toya's with George later, sorting out the, the ash returning arrangement. And then Leanne has comes up and has a go at her for, for giving Spider the key. Toya <laughs> says, Well, he's not living with me anymore now, so no no, I've not given I've not moved on from him ran actually. I'm sorting this sorting his ashes out now. Yep, I stole the key. What are you gonna do about it? And she's just not in the mood at all for speaking with Leanne right now. And um, and how she uh, and you know, hearing about how she needs to keep her nose clean. She's just like, No, I, I can't care, follow, I'm doing my own thing. Um, then later on, Leanne bumps into Syra leaving the Undertaker. So she's the one that's got Imran's ashes. She's Imran's mum. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Toya has arranged. Again, she's she, she no, doesn't she want says, to deal with it, does she? Syra says Toya said I could have them. Yeah, but I think but Toya changes her mind later, doesn't she? And again, I think it seems it's no, she, I, she's I trying think... to. She doesn't want to admit it. She doesn't want to believe that Imran's actually gone and having his urn up on the mantelpiece is a bit of a giveaway. Jeez, I don't, but, I don't know how you'd cope with this. When you'll find out one No, day. I shut up. <laughs> um, anyway, so Toya, uh, Debbie kind of... Oh yeah, this is where Debbie strides fast. Touch this, she... this lolly stick now. What, I'll touch him a wood. This is when... Um, what, I wrote down later what uh, Debbie says. She's... Uh, oh she, yeah, she says, Hello Toya, not glued to a motorway today. <laughs> when she goes past, <laughs> brilliant. Well, not, it's not motorways anymore. It's pieces of art. These oh days, yeah, that's yeah. what you do, isn't it? Yeah, protesting oil. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, Debbie, yeah, she's she's um, tells them exactly what she think about Toya shacking up supposedly with Spider. Um, Adam's Shameless. there too, so he's going. He knows what's going on. And at the end of the episode, Leanne goes to see Toya to try and talk some sense into her, but Toya breaks down in tears once more. Poor Georgia Taylor, definitely in the running for the Weatherfield Waterworks Award this yeah. year, isn't she? Sponsored she has, by Vita Coco. She has squirted out a good couple of liters by this point in the year. I think she says, "Yep, yeah, you're absolutely right, Leanne. I'm going to get those ashes back." And that's the plan for Friday. She goes and talks to um, Sarah along with uh, Leanne. 
um, who's who's agreed to meet them later. And um, she says, oh, can I can I have the ashes back, please? But alas, it's too late. He's been buried. The summer says, oh, I buried, I buried his ashes in the graveyard this morning. And it's like she was there with her, like, digging with her hands. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like a hole. And the yeah, priest is like looking, looking out the window going, oh, my God, I don't, I was like, I'm scared to go and say anything to her. <laughs> you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's she's buried um, him next to next to Rana, next to the mosque or something. I guess I don't know where you but where, I don't where know. Islamic really burial sites are. No, I don't know. But um, anyway, so well, she said it was like sacred ground, didn't she? She did. Say so she was a special place. Um, so Toya she shouldn't is, have been clawing it then, should you, Sarah? <laughs> Toya is massively upset by this, as you might imagine, and so Sarah is like, "Well, serves you right for murdering him, actually, <laughs> um, and hooking up with your ex." So. Um, um, oh well, what are you going to do about it? Toya actually makes a joke later to Leanne, doesn't she, about grave digging, about going and digging out the grave, to digging yeah. out the ashes, but it's only joking. Um, and oh, that's kind of it. There was a, there was a scene. Well, she's getting really upset. You're, you've got no right, and then Toya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. gets into a taxi. And she gets into off. a taxi and drive off, and, and that's what Leanne sees the, the tail end of. But um, the storyline takes a bit of a turn I guess Weird. in the final scenes when um, spiders on the front page of the Gazette <laughs> um, for aggravated trespassing the, the the headline fracking hell um, so to, what is it Toya, Toya says something like oh I can't condone what he's done or something but then she gives a great little smile doesn't she as if to say yeah you go spider yeah it's like which also, gives me hope the activist Toya is back. I also like the fact that Toya thinks she has to issue like a a formal statement on the shenanigans of her ex boyfriend. <laughs> like no nobody needs you to write to the local paper and say you condone his actions. Yeah. Um so, um, how did you enjoy this story this week? I don't it keeps making me sad that Inman's dead. I don't think we're gonna get away from that fact, Gemma. I can't get over Keep it. Keep being reminded like of it, Toya. I know. Poor Toya, how would you, I don't understand how she's not gone completely mad. I think I'd claw my would face off. Ha- well, she was already a little bit mad earlier this year, so she's what kind of What would you do with it. your life? Um, well, join an activism group, I suppose, and then go and, and do a bit of fracking and maybe... I think I might do that, you know. Breaking into an old brewery to set up as a squat sell, for the local homeless people. Sell the house. And then eat some vegan lasagna. Buy a pony, and I'd ride around the country, I'd, and admonish people, and I'd, I'd tell them off for wearing bad fashion. Is that what you want Toya to do? No, that's what I would do. Okay, okay. And I'd go outside to Primark and I'd be like, buying from Primark is the same as raping the planet. Tell me, are there any good cardigans in there? <laughs> um, I, do, do you think that she's kind of moving on with... Spy- uh, uh, does she just want friendship or do you think that she wants more? Is, is she kind of... Is she, is she getting that stirring in her ovaries? Stop saying, talking about her ovaries. It's really rude and disrespectful. Sorry. Womb. <laughs> no, you don't need to talk about anything to do with that. I think <laughs> that she is um, just getting carried away with the idea that she can turn back time and go to a time in her life when things were a lot simpler and she didn't have to worry about her dead husband's ashes oh, and his mum oh, murder trial. It still felt very platonic to me. I think so on as Monday. well. I'm I... not ruling out a, a spider no. smooch, but I no think way. that it's very sweet to see. And it's nice too, also, was... to, to, to have a, a male female friendship on Coronation Street, which is quite rare, especially now we don't get to see Eileen at the, at the taxi firm. Yeah. She yeah. used to be the 
I, I just absolutely loved having them in scenes together, like Spider in the flat, just the two of them sitting chatting together. It was the most lovely retro throwbacky it was really fan funny. bait stuff at I one point just, this week we were like oh can you believe we i know were watching it, it was spider. literally it was that <laughs> i cannot believe this it's 2022 and here's spider nugent yeah chilling out in toya batsby's living room yeah a character that was very much of his time but doesn't feel like he doesn't fit in here it was just so so weird to have him there and yes he does look older than he did 20 years ago but New he's slash. I think they, they've nailed his personality absolutely right I think he him, is yeah. they can still write absolutely he he was just how I remembered him and there's a huge risk when you're bringing a character back after so long that they can't recapture the same thing but I think they really really did with him or, or you get your characters like you know Stephen or, or Wendy who didn't really necessarily have a mega personality back in the in the day so it doesn't really matter what they're like now but spider is a very unique kind of person isn't he and um and yeah hats off to the writers and and, and to martin for being able to to bring him to life again <laughs> you said hands up to the writers and tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> hands up to the ripe tomatoes for bringing well spider done. back again well done i i just it 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 warms the the the, the very pits of my heart to have them together How many- Pits has your heart got? It's got it's got the uh the, the left ventricle and the right ventricle. What about the atriums? You're leaving them out of it. Well they're not the pits, are they? Okay, I'm just checking. Yeah. Just checking. Um absolutely loved it. So therefore, very sad that they got rid of him after the Monday episode again. They're literally following a formula with these returns, aren't they? Wendy Crozier, revealed on a Friday, in it for a bit on the Monday, out. Stephen Reed, in it for the Friday. Back on the Monday, out. Now, luckily, Stephen like is run. back again. Spider, in on a Friday, back on the Monday, out. Are they all, are these returns all on trial periods or something? Yeah. Or it's like, oh, we don't want to, we, like we need to ease them back into the show week. gently. We don't want a Julie Goodyear situation happening yeah, here. Yeah, right. Goodyear, you out. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's literally, maybe that's a policy at Coronation Street that they set Anyone up another 20 been in it years for 10 ago. 10 years have got the Goodyear policy. Yeah, you're only allowed to be in two episodes and you return, I don't know. But I really, really it. hope that we get to see Spider again soon. If we go, I mean, like Wendy, she's not been in it for, is it coming up on three weeks or two weeks now? I can't remember, but. What's going on with them? Why have this big, whoa, Wendy is back on Coronation Street. Remember Wendy Flaming Crozier? She's back and she's going to cause trouble and she's going to cause all, yeah, she's going to you know, call, set the street, street alight and she's going to, you know, but it's been nothing. Absolutely nothing. Stephen's been in but it. You've but you've d- yourself up too much. No, can't read it. You don't bring Wendy Flaming Crozier back and then just put her in for like four scenes and then well, say it, you're happy. I'm sure it'll be fine, Michael. I'm sure it will be, but... Um, and and Stephen Reed, I think, was probably fair to say the least exciting of all the returns. <gasps> um, and, and so you, you can't go wrong, really. But yeah, I I think that um, Spider desperately needs to come back next week. If they leave it another week with him not in it, they're really missing a trick. I Although won't. the fact that he's arrested is that going to mean is Toya going to go to the police station to see him, or is he going to be is she going to be his phone call or or what? I don't know. I'm surprised that Spider didn't see Debbie as a little bit of a kindred spirit with her dyed hair when he, when she was kicking him out. He'd be like, come on, sister, comrade, look at your hair. You can't be a square like the rest of them. <laughs> what would Debbie's um, activist name be? 
deranged well, Debbie. Put you on the ads. Put I you don't on think, the ad. I don't think they have them anymore. These days they're all called Emily Bottomley Smythe activists. They? Yeah. Oh, okay. Posh. <laughs> um, anyway, all great. Um, I don't know whether there's anything more to say about that one, really. I just, I just. Well, loved, that's good then, because we can have. A loved everything about the spider bit. Drinks. Bit we will get drinks. A little bit sad that Toya, you know, had to be a bit wailing widowish again at the end of the week. Wait, she's crying. Get over her husband's it, Toya. dead. Oh. <laughs> Do you think that she actually deserved the ashes? Yes, Should it's she... hers. It's hers by law, surely. I don't know, and and you know if you if she said Syra, you can have them. She, I, I don't really think she had any rights to get you know all high and mighty or or get all huffity when Syra said I buried them. What did she think she was gonna do with them? Turn them into a little pretty diamond ring. What's the question? Who did she think? What, what did she was think gonna... Syra was gonna do with Imran's ashes and bury them? Well, she would. I I thought she was gonna scatter them. To be honest. Well, whatever. I mean, you, if you if she but said when, you can have these ashes, sorry, it's no takesy backsies on ashes. Cyrus said, "Oh, Toya said I could have them." I thought she was lying. Oh well. I don't know if she actually was. If I was supposed to think that or not. No, I, no, I think I, I think she said she could have them. Maybe I don't know. Why don't they just break? They should have divided them in half. I, if I was Cyrus, I'd to get Toya off her back. I'd just have a little barbecue and then scrape okay. out the underneath and say, "Here you go, that's it." It smells him, like right. chicken. It's not chicken. <laughs> Right, um, are we going to pause for a little drink? Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll be back in a minute. We'll you won't even know we've you, gone. You won't know we've gone, so I'm not going to put any music on or anything. So um, <laughs> let's go and instantaneously get to... ourselves some refreshments. Well, when we're back, we've got our drinks. Oh, you just got the crap out of me. <laughs> I was just doing it for a fact. What, what, what drink did you... Oh, you got a cider, did you? <laughs> of course you did. I've got a lovely... Virgin strawberry daiquiri here. Oh yeah, from your birthday. My birth- I forgot that we got these. Yeah, from the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a lo- lovely little birthday event last weekend, didn't we? And uh, and we had lots of nice drinks. Um, oh, here, cheers to you. Oh yeah, cheers. There you go, lovely. You got a drink now. It's a lovely. The other thing that was good for my birthday, I got some uh, some cool little framed pieces of Nintendo art. I'll just say we've. We've finally started to decorate the room that we're sitting and recording in, so I've got some cool pieces of artwork there. But we also got a buttload of... Um, a buttload. A bumload, an arse load of photo I thought photo buttload frames. was referring to a barrel. I oh, know, probably is, is actually. <laughs> it was like a water butt. Of, um, we've got a load of photo frames because our, the, our plans for our Coronation Street feature wall, which is going to be behind where we're sitting now, uh, they're, they're, they're going, aren't they? We, yeah, we, we they're got, a foot. They are a foot. We, 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 went, we did some old school printing out of your photos, didn't we, last weekend? Some um, from our Coronation Street kind of journeys and everything over the last 10 years. We've ordered a few nice vintage shots um, on eBay. Uh, and and red yep. bubble, some of which came through this week. We got some like really nice Pat Phoenix some... pictures and a lovely one of Pat and um, yeah. and Philip Lowry together. And uh, I'm we really really looking forward to to putting them all together on the wall when we can. Of us with um, Corey people that yes. we like, and yes. uh, yeah, as you said, we got them printed out and we went got them from Tesco and uh, went up to the kiosk and there was a, a teenage boy there and he was like, um, I don't know what's going on here, but. Uh, there's pictures here, but then they're on paper, like not on a screen. <laughs> and I don't know what's happening. When I pinch them, they don't get bigger. 
Oh yeah, I tried to zoom in because it's a bit small to be honest, and I'm sorry, but I think it's broken. That so doesn't happen. Give you a refund. Anyway, sorry, I digress. That's what happens when we go off and get drinks in the middle of it. It doesn't happen very often. But Gemma, I'm going to pass to you. You're one of your favourite characters, Audrey, the Love, Death, and Robert storyline. Ah, oh, and to do, think... you, do you love her or do you just want her money? Um, I'll have whatever she's giving me. If she wants to put it in a trust, that's fine. But just let you know, it gets complicated. Oh gosh, yes. Trusts are complicated, we know from personal experience. I don't have a trust. Monday, Gail and Stephen are preparing for Audrey to come home and Gail is grateful for his help. Where's she been? Hospital? She's still in hospital? Yeah, yeah hospital from her um, her bike falling incident. Oh, the bike found her, yeah. <laughs> it's so Sometimes I can completely forget what's okay. happened the previous week. Like, what? Why, why was to- why were Toya and Spider in the paper? Oh yeah, the bin protest. What was wrong with Audrey? Oh yeah, she had a motorbike fall on top of her. Is there a joke here about Audrey being the Weatherfield bike at a <laughs> younger age? And I don't know. Anyway, she comes home and she says, let's all go to the pub to celebrate. And Gail's very wary and she's like, ma'am, ma'am, you're only having two G&Ts. Audrey's like, what buzzkill. Tell you what, Audrey's been a buzzkill her whole life. No, Gail has. Gail has, sorry, yeah. They go to the pub and Audrey's like, I'll have an orange juice, actually. See, Gail, I'm not going to drink. Give her a big wine. Because like, that's what she is, she says. <laughs> Elaine shows up um, and apparently she's just gone to do a viewing on her house. Oh, <laughs> and me oh, and you went, oh. Yeah, no, thank you, Elaine. We don't need to know that. <laughs> right. So she's sticking around, is so she, she? She, oh, look, Abby's got... Um, hey, Abby's just coming. Abby's got spider webs all over her face. She's been she's exploring. Been okay. Um, yeah, Elaine's there, blah, blah, blah. And she's, uh, then, um, what's she say? I can't remember. She's talking about going on holiday or something. And then Stephen's like, I live in Milan. That's where I live. And Audrey's like, oh, he's such a jet setter. He lives in Canada and Milan. And he lives all around Italy. And then he starts showing her pictures of it. And she's like, oh, how wonderful. Oh, you're so, hand- I mean, well-travelled. That doesn't go anywhere, does it? The rest the of the story is more about Audrey being batty and rich. Oh, but, um, I can't The Stephen wait. and Elaine romance That's is, is bubbling away there. Um, I'm going to check in about half an hour see if I've won the Euro Million. Oh, yeah, your Euro Million is quite big tonight, oh, isn't it? Oh, yes, please. You'll never hear from me again. You entered it. Yeah. Oh. I made a very bad mistake. What? Because I hooked your card up instead of my card to pay for it. That is a bad mistake. And then I realised you can't pay out into somebody else's card. Oh, so if, so if you it, do win if, the Euro Millions, it it's goes me into that's your going to be account, getting it. Oh, I see. Which was a really rookie mistake. And then you're so so basically, if we win, you're going to be smiling up to me like David and everyone was towards you on Wednesday. No, I'll, I'll urgently need us to go to the bank to open a joint account <laughs> and I won't explain why. And you won't know because you don't look at it. I've got no idea, no. Okay, on Wednesday, um, Audrey's going to update her will and David is falling over himself to compliment her and give her tea and stuff. And then Sarah comes around with a it big bunch of It was almost a little bit out of character. It was very funny because, I mean, in my eyes, Jack P. Shepard can do little wrong when it comes to comedy. But I think the way he was, um, yeah, smarming up to her was just, a, I don't know, I didn't think that he would lower himself to that, David. Sarah comes around with a bunch of flowers for Audrey, but they're lilies and aggravate her sinuses. And then Lily draws her a picture. And then she says to David, you owe me that five pound note now. <laughs> so it's all not working out too well. They go to the it's bistro. It's all very blatant, doesn't and it? And Audrey's eating the soup and she says it's bitter. And I was, I've been thinking about this ever since. What could it have been? What soup is bitter? Um, 
lemon soup. Yeah, because some people say that bitter is sour and it's not. It's a different flavour. I don't know then. Um, anyway, she you're, doesn't you're like it. What, what could it be? Write in and tell me. Because I keep thinking bitter melon, but I don't think that they had that in the, in the bistro. Audrey says, you know what? You've done so well. I love you all. You're so successful in your life. I'm going to leave all my money to Warts. Call back. I know, that was pretty good. That's the first time in about 20 years that Warts has been mentioned on Coronation Street, isn't it? Do you remember what it stands for? Weatherfield Association of Retail Traders and Stuff. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. What is it? I think that's right. I think it's just it's the Weatherfield Association of Retail Traders. I think the S is the plural. Oh, because there's more than one. Yeah. So this is like a little, um, yeah, this is a business um, alliance that, yeah. um, that all the small businesses in Coronation it's Street like were in. the Masons. Well, yeah, kind of, it? Isn't it? Have, bit, like, well, secret No, 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 shows? you're thinking of the Square Dealers, oh, which was kind of the replacement for Warts. I think Warts was the more kind of normal, it's just a group of shopkeepers who look after for each other, and then, and then it kind of fell by the wayside a little bit in the mid-90s when they came up with the Square Dealers thing, which... I th- was Half in the Square Dealers as well? I know that it had Fred, it had um, Ashley was supposed to be. It had Eric Furman, they swore Curly in one oh, time. Oh, that's right. Um, and, and that was a proper underground yeah. secret society mason thing, didn't it? When, silly. And, and Fred would go up to people saying, Do you deal squarely? I say, Do you deal squarely? to try and get like. Uh, deals or whatever off of people but yeah the, the warts was just a kind of genuine it's a group of shopkeepers right here's here's my question how much do we think audrey roberts is worth i can't keep track of how much money people has got because like yeah she she was broke a few years ago wasn't she and then archie left her that money and then oh, yeah. david and nick stole it off of her and then did she get it back? I don't even remember what happened. I don't think it really matters. I don't think Coronation Street needs you to I be worried I, about I, things like um, that. Excuse me, that's all I think about. Money and food. How much money... If you could rob one Coronation Street character, who would it be? I'm just trying... I'm just really interested, because she's, she's got this big house, doesn't she? Yes. How much do you reckon that's worth now? Rasmere like- Drive, that's going to be like... 400,000? Yeah, it's up north, isn't it? So it's going to be a bit cheaper. I would have said four or 500,000, maybe. And so, but she's also, does she still own, she owns she Trim, owns up, Trim north. up North, yeah. But that's a business rather than the premises, or does she own the premises? Because Coronation Street always gets I this don't confused. Remember. I don't remember. And does she still own the salon? I don't, no, no, Debbie owns the salon. And now. so she doesn't own the flat? No. So she's probably worth, about 600, 700 grand. Oh, okay. So they get a reckon? decent payout then, wouldn't and they? And she's got her two kids, and then she's also going to, gonna um, what's it, in the grandkids as well, so... And that's very decent of her, because, you know, most grandparents... I don't know, I, I wouldn't think it's necessarily the done thing for grandparents to give money to their grandchildren. I don't massive think that's right. I think they just give them to the parents. No, that's not. That's just your the, family. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Most people would leave their grandchildren money. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, would you say, like, I don't know, give maybe Gail, Gail and Stephen get 200 grand each? Although, actually, my grandma left me money in my will, didn't she? That's what we used to yeah. partly get married, actually. Thanks, grandma, I forgot about Hooray! that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I reckon so. The, the kids are looking at, you know, 50, 100 grand each, nothing to be sniffed at. No. So, interesting there. So, she tells them she's leaving all... So, this is the other question. I, I was like, how much is she worth? Because what is Warts going to do with this? 
What are they going to do? <laughs> this, this association of traders who seems more like, a, you know, a back-scratching exercise than an actual society. It's probably a little... It's probably just full of old codgers, like retired shopkeepers now, isn't it? They're probably just going to get a bunch of tankards engraved yeah. with their names <laughs> on it and then pay for Weatherfield Precinct to have some tacky Christmas lights. Yeah. Probably. Um, anyway, so they're like, hang on a minute, Gran. Wait, wait. Um... Don't you think that you should think about this again? And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, you don't love me. You just thought like the thought of getting your hands on my cash. And uh, by the way, <laughs> David and Nick robbed from me. And Sarah's a very successful businesswoman who incidentally has never invited me around her flat. That was funny. Um, and that was really funny because Sarah's like smiling like she and then yeah we're all just saying yeah very successful businesswoman you got a lawyer for a boy for a husband you got a very swanky flat and then so I've never like... been to <laughs> and I thought that was great because she's actually not a successful businesswoman she just managed to not screw up enough that she gets yeah made um bankrupt yeah you not... said that during that scene they should have cut to nick and david and debbie all looking at each other giving nice. me two to the um, side eye about very successful business what are you talking so. about and they're like what about the kids what about the kids and audrey's like well i'm sure you'll look after them <laughs> i thought that was great too because she's like it's not my problem buster gail's a bit miffed and audrey says that you've made me feel like an invalid and a right burden actually and then she heads off in a snit so David tells Sarah and Nick and Stephen that he's got a plan. So he goes and asks Adam for legal advice and tells him that Audrey's lost her faculties. And for some reason, Ken's there earwigging and says, actually, Audrey's entitled to give her money to whoever she wants. And David says, I want power of attorney. And Adam says that I'll need to speak to Dr. Gavis to determine how batty she actually is. You're very audibly crunching ice here. Am I? It's very nice. Icy nice drinks are cooling. bad for podcasting. Sorry, everybody. You. I'll put it down. Um, Even Abby was looking at me. Yeah, there, going, what the hell is going on there? Stephen tries to talk to Audrey in Victoria Gardens. She says, no, it was just a joke. I'm not going to give it to Warts. Just a test to see how greedy they all were. I'm going to make them sweat a bit longer. Oh, I know how so they funny. feel. It's so funny when old people do this on, on TV mm-hmm. shows. And they're like, I'm going to leave my money to the cat. Didn't the, um, didn't the Ken being pushed down the stairs storyline five years ago start with what who's going to get Ken's money and then Adam wanted it? It's horrible, isn't and... it? It's so seedy. Yeah. Ugh, this is why everyone should be only never child. Ha- this is why you should never have any family drama. Be an only child of an only child like me and it all comes straight funneling down all those directions. <laughs> Nobody to fight with. <laughs> Friday, David's in a grump after Audrey's decision and um, she he's like, she could have at least given me the bloody barbers and Shona's like, you're moaning about nothing here. Shona is great as as per usual she today. She She's just enjoying watching them stressing over it. Like she doesn't care whether they get any money or not. Uh, there's a bit where she comes over and says says to Audrey, I'm sorry, he is an idiot. Mm, yeah, Which yeah. I thought was great. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Stephen comes around and he says, come to the Rovers later. So he summons Sarah, Nick and David and they're all confused about why they're there. And then Stephen says, you guys failed the test, you know, Audrey's scheme just to see how greedy you were. And you need to reassure her that, um, you see her as more than just a money pot. 
Um, and then David's like, oh, this is all good because I actually did talk to Adam about getting power of attorney and maybe it's my fault. So he goes into the cafe to ask Ken for a favour, which I think is probably to keep his mouth shut. Yes. Um, but Audrey is there and she already knows what he's up to. Yeah, Ken's told her. I love. I also like Ken looking out for Audrey too because, yeah. like you said, he's been there. Old friends. He's like, well, he's like, yeah, when you get, once you, I realise when you get to a certain age, all the vultures start circling and they're mm. like, oh, dad, do you really need to buy the, this, um, uh, cast iron frying pan because you know they last 50 years <laughs> I don't I think a t- Teflon one would be just good, it's good for you isn't it? this one's got a five year guarantee that's more than enough <laughs> but it is Ken it's Ken I like, think he could make I well, I'll live the that. cast iron yeah exactly <laughs> um, David tries to apologise but she says he's only there because he was caught out and get lost and this is when Shona apologises and Audrey says, you don't need to apologise, maybe I'll leave it all to you. And then Audrey tells Ken, I'm not some mad old bat, I'm not putting up with my family treating me like a child anymore. So they all meet up again later and she says, family's the most important thing in the world to me, of course I'm going to leave them money, you money, but I'm going to put it in a trust fund and Stephen's going to be in charge of it. And she leaves, and then Dave is like, "Why are you in charge of it? Why are you? What? You're not even going to be here." And Stephen's like, "Actually, I will be hanging around for a little longer." Yeah, to have a smooch with Elaine. I mean, presumably. I'm going to be hanging around for a bit longer. I'm going to be hanging around for a bit longer. Don't I'm what? definitely what? Canadian. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I, I don't think I've to say about this storyline. It was um, fine. I'm totally going to be hanging around here. <laughs> this was just a kind of a fun bit of nothing storyline for me. Yeah. I don't think there's any like deep moral... Classic uh, family squabbling. Yeah, yeah, it was really. It was nice to see. It's nice that Audrey's got lots of scenes. Um, Makes me sad. I'm not going to have loads of sycophantic young relatives... Fighting each other. You're gonna have I'm gonna cat. have somebody coming round for the guide dog association, going, "You need this house when you're dead." No, mm-hmm. you don't do. You? Do you think that? Um, do you think that Audrey has been a bit cruel, making them sweat about the warts? No, thing? why not have fun? Yeah, I agree. She was. Uh, she was. She was just fun, wasn't don't she? Don't count your chickens as well. I don't understand why they assume that. For all they know, she could be. Um, in debt up to her eyeballs. Did you think when she said she was giving it to warts that she actually was? No. I, well, I, I thought she won't. She, in the end, she won't be. Yeah, if I yeah. was her, I'd jack it all in, go on a cruise for the rest of my life, like those people when we went on honeymoon. They just lived on a cruise ship for the rest of their lives. Yeah, she'd love that. Why not? <laughs> Get drunk, and then when you die, they just chuck you overboard. <laughs> I wonder whether it will um, make the Platts be a little bit more um, mindful of how they treat dear Audrey. Poor Audrey. Now, to be fair, I don't think that. Sarah Lou deserves. Um, yeah, but she's just a, she's just an imbecile. And even even Nick himself, he's I don't think he's been trying to you know, bleed her dry. Yes, he did steal they, from her, but it's most, money. it's mostly David who treats all of his family members like he really saying takes he He yeah. really th- like feels entitled, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the Tile Street storyline. Talking about another. What what was this storyline this week, Gemma? What, what, know, what are the gave, deep themes of this story? It gave me anxiety. Oh, yeah, what? Because of our roof that like, was done last year. Never give people money up front. I was like, oh my God, we did that. And then they're saying, 
Oh, a roof should only cost about £2.50. I'm like, oh my God, no, it was a lot more than that. How much did they say the roof was? £4,000? Well, he, he gave £3,000 to the scaffolder, which is not the most expensive part of the whole thing. No. And also, the scaffolding company is a separate company. Mm. Well, this this thing with about paying up front is also like with our decking a few yep. months ago, wasn't it? Yep. Where we paid for a decking. It was up. giving me flashbacks. Did we tell this story on the podcast? I don't remember. I don't remember. We paid for our decking to be um, fixed. Well, he said it had to be done. He had to pay in advance yeah. and then who was it today going everyone knows you don't pay them in advance I was like you do we, sometimes they we ask we paid half you. of our decking fees in advance and yeah. then the guy just didn't turn up on the day we were supposed to do it and he, he wouldn't, wouldn't pick up the phone and we phone. were like we, I mean, it was a good like was it about a week or so until we it's heard a from him weeks. saying sorry I nearly I, sawed my I hand sawed off I sawed my hand off <laughs> he literally my mum my came round because we weren't even in when he came eventually no this is when we were in, um, in Manchester wasn't it and my mum came round because she was going to look after the cat and, and you know, my mum's a lovely person and she chats to everybody and she's like, hey, she, she showed me his hand and it was horrible. Yeah. And she, the way she said this on the phone to me was vaguely accusatory, like she was mad at me for expecting <laughs> for him, him to clean. <laughs> but it was like, I didn't know he hacked his hand off. <laughs> I don't know which pressure wash the decking. Yeah, so um, I don't know whether we've learned a lesson about it. We this. haven't. No. Um, anyway, so this, this story was very silly. Um, Amy's really annoyed about the ceiling leaking onto her jeans at the beginning of yeah, one day because you remember a tile has fallen out of the roof because that looked a bit like she'd been out of the town for a little herself. bit too long and um, didn't make it to a little time um, so Steve says well it's Jacob's dodgy's mate fault the guy who claimed that he'd fix the roof a couple of months ago um, Ed also has a go at Steve in Monday's episode he's like oh this guy just lodged the tiles at my house as well when he fixed yours so he demands that Steve get them fixed and um, he's like no I'm not doing it myself. You didn't want me to do your roof when there's a problem, so you can find someone else to sort it. But eventually, um, the problem gets so bad that Ed decides to get out the ladder to fix his roof himself. I think, unfortunately, if you live next door to a builder, you're basically morally obliged to get them to do any jobs you need that are building jobs. Yes. Otherwise, if I, w- I would be a bit annoyed. Oh well, yeah, exactly. Um, so the, while the lad is out there, Steve asks Jacob to go up there on the roof and Jacob twigs it. Um, he's scared of heights, which uh, he finds absolutely hilarious. So do you, because... Considering that he is, he used to be a builder back in a previous life. So Wednesday then... No, he didn't. Steve was a builder. Yeah, that's what I said. In the same life he's in now. You know, in a previous iteration of his character. No, it isn't. Because he it's seems to change jobs every, every few years. I know, but you make it sound like he was once played by a different man okay, who was like called Monkey Gibbons or something and climbed up roofs all the time and that was his gimmick. I like how you mentioned Monkey Gibbons as if it was the name you made up yourself and no, there was actually a Coronation Street character called Monkey Gibbons. Thank you for I would, I would probably be scared of heights as well if I was Steve and I saw my dad fall off of scaffolding onto PTSD. a skip and then be paralysed for the best part of a year. Just say he's got PTSD, get out of everything. Yeah. Um, so Steve um, wants to get Jacob to do this, but he's got in the wrong ladder and now oh, Jacob's scared. That was my favourite Wallace and Gromit movie. What? The wrong ladder. It's the wrong ladder, Gromit. <laughs> the wrong ladder. Um, Steve says, well, I'm going to flip him well do it myself then. And he grabs the mallet and then he starts to climb and then he thinks better of it. Um, so... Uh, but luckily for Steve when he's out doing his taxi later there's a fair in the back there says oh my husband's a roofer that's lucky isn't it Uh, maybe he could do it Um, and she also comes on to Steve a little bit Uh, does anything happen with that where she's like oh shame we're both married maybe in another life eh I don't know whether this is all supposed to be part of the scam because I can't say that I was who comes on to him the woman in the back of the taxi I told you what taxi (laughs) 
I was drinking cider and you're thinking about my life. cider and reading your phone. You didn't know what I was talking about. I don't know what you were doing when What's the episode was on. What's going on? There was a scene where there was a woman in the back of a Just taxi. a random woman. Coming on to Steve, weirdly. Right, okay. Because, you know, why? why yeah. Um, and saying her husband's a roofer. So, anyway, the best scene of this story by a county mile this week was Steve and Tracy at Speed Dial, where they're also, um, well, Ed and Aggie are also there on a different table. And Steve's just kind of smugly smiling at Ed because he's been able to find this other roofer and he, so he doesn't have to use him. And Ed's yeah, like, they're not what's going together, on? Are they? they're staring across yeah, the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, staring across the room. And, um, and and he tells Tracy about finding this roofer and Aggie's and, and Ned's there saying he's really, he really freaking me out he's, he's staring at me and Aggie says just smile no, just smile and wave back you know he's not very bright I loved it when she <laughs> that said was that brilliant line from Aggie that was so, so, so good. great very very true imagine having to live next to Steve McDonald uh, yeah I know but um, that's, that's the thing with Steve, though. He didn't used to be this dense at all. He used to be very, very sharp. I don't know. I think that because years. he was better looking, people think he's more intelligent than he is. Mm, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's definitely a halo effect. So anyway, um, this roofer comes along at the end of the episode and tells Steve it's going to cost three grand um, and he needs it up front. And Ed's like, well, I'm not going to have Ed fix my roof. So Steve fine. Says. Steve says, I'm not going to let Ed fix my roof. So yeah, you can have this, Steve, uh, the three grand. You can have you this man. Get it fixed on Friday, please. So However, is this just going to be a series of people turning up and saying, you owe me £3,000 until and he runs falling out of for money. it every time. Yeah, I think so. Whoops, I've just dipped into Wally's fund here. Oh, well, that's so, all right. Steve, I can't get hold of the roofer on Friday. He's not turned up, so it seems like there's a bit of a scam going on here. He's trying to reassure Tracy, who's getting understandably um, concerned about the fact that they've paid out £3,000. Getting flashbacks. Yes. Not that we pay £3,000 for someone to clean our Yes. Um, so then the scaffolder turns up and he wants paying in advance as well. It's um, Steve says, look, I've already paid the other guy, I paid the roof. I don't understand this because Steve's a builder. He knows that the scaffolder and the builder are two mm. different people, two different companies. Yeah. So why would, when he turns up to put the scaffolding out, it's like, who are you? It's like, I'm the scaffolding man. I know, I know. But anyway, um, the scaffolder says, well, if you if, if I don't do it now, if you don't pay me now, I'll just go home. So scaffolding's <laughs> up later. So Steve's obviously paid, paid for him, him yeah. as well, but he lies uh, for a little while to Tracy and <laughs> says that he hasn't. Um, and then Steve, Steve's doing a bit of a David being smarmy to Audrey at the end of the episode, isn't he? Because he's trying to ply Tracy with the prospect of a date night and he's like yeah. complimenting her hair and everything and saying... Uh, and then he admits that the roof is probably not coming. Plus, I did pay the scaffolder up front, <laughs> so we're kind of screwed, aren't we? Oh, whoops. Yeah. Did... The thing is, though, the scaffolder can't be in on scam because he wouldn't leave his stuff. Very true. Just the roofer, then. Maybe it's some hopeful Unless... woman who goes around cruising the streets to, to take advantage of poor, unsuspecting taxi drivers who happen to need their roof fixing. Well... It's the only thing. Once my pony dies... Hmm. That's what I'll do. Okay. Um, did you think anything about this story? Did you think it was as, as naff as I did? I didn't 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 uh, click with me. Well, see, this is another thing of Coronation Street. It feels like it mirrors my own life, so I was very involved. Mm. I just... I um, was like, do you really not ever pay anybody up front? Because sometimes you do. Because they got buy materials, I Tracy. just struggled to invest in this story, I have to say. 
Um, but I did enjoy the bit, and I don't know. I didn't know whether to say this as part of this and all the Audrey storyline. That's conversation that Steve and Stephen had out on the street oh, was really that good, was wasn't a nice it? Bit like of walking color. past each other, going Steve, and then like, Steve, and then they just have a conversation. Are you Stephen with a PH or a, or a V? Oh, a PH. Oh, a dying breed, Stephen. No, did he say Steves are a dying breed? And then they talk about their hero really? Steves when they were growing up. I would have said that Steve with a V is probably more popular now. I don't know. I don't know. But that that was a that was a nice little idea whoever like wrote uh, that surely that can't have been in any original um plans for the episode but it felt it felt very much to me like the writer like was that. like oh well i've got simon gregson in this episode i've got i can't remember who plays Stephen reed steve mcqueen uh, yeah <laughs> Let, let's do that so um more little things like that would be cool little crossovers and characters that have got nothing to do with each other just having little chats about funny things cory chit chat what's been going on over a speed dial Gemma? <clears throat> on wednesday uh steve is uh, Stu, sorry, got so excited about all these Steves. <laughs> Stu's a bit downhearted when Yasmin poo poos his alternate ideas for curry names, which I thought was a bit. Covid nineteen. I thought it was a bit rich of him to like say, "Look, Yasmin, I know you know it's your culture and everything, but curry names are boring." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so he also tells her he's a bit upset because the necklace he sent his daughter has been returned, and that's never happened before. Yeah, so his daughter's the one that he... i kind of forgotten because it's been a while since the story was on, but he had this necklace. He told Yasmin that he's been corresponding with his daughter well, for sends, years or he something, sends but she's estranged. It? Yeah. That's right, but she... Oh, yeah, that's right. She never sends anything back, does she? Yeah, but this time it's It's actually been returned to him. Because so. she's moved house and yeah. she hasn't updated her yeah, that's right. thing. And then Stu thanks Alia and Yasmin for their support and tells them to take the day off tomorrow so he can cover, and they accept. And then... Yasmin says we should take the day to repay him. Oh yeah, I thought giving him the day off. Yeah. What? So you're going to spend the day doing work for him? Well, she. Yeah, and I. I was expecting today's episode to partially be them kind of on the hunt for this missing daughter. But it's like. If somebody's giving me a day off to enjoy myself, I'm not going to spend my day hunting down their lost relatives like I'm Davina McCall. Yeah, maybe maybe the, the scene actually ended with Yasmin saying, I've got a plan, and then Alia saying, nah. Can I just stop you there, Gran? I'm going to hang around outside Shuttleworth and see if I can attack and harass uh, Toya. Toya yeah. uh, on Friday, Stu and Sedan are running speed dial all on their own. I like the way that she's like, you go, you go, I'll look after this place by myself. I mean, I know that Zidane works there too, but... I don't care if I burden him with extra work. <laughs> Stu takes, Stu's there and he's got this hip flask and he keeps, keeps swigging from it. And it turns out he's so drunk at this point that he hasn't even done any prep. He hasn't put on any orders. He hasn't cooked anything. And Zidane only realises when Nina and Asha have been sitting and waiting and they haven't had their starters yet. So he carries on swigging away. And, and then eventually Zidane catches him doing shots with some of the punters and so eventually he manages to clear up all this mess and and give everybody food and get everyone out the door and he confronts Stu and says well um why are you doing this this is a dry restaurant you shouldn't be drinking at all and Stu says well you'd be doing it too if you've been going through what I've been going through and then later on Stu tells him about his estranged daughter and Zanana's very sympathetic yes 
Um, I, I don't buy Zidane as a sympathetic character. He just, he's just, he's just so gruff. I don't, I don't care. Well, just get on wife, with your work, Stu. My wife, my wife um, ran away with a woman and then got crushed to death by a roof. So you <laughs> don't see me crying about I'm, it. I'm semi-interested in learning a bit more about Stu's backstory. I, I'm still waiting for him and Yasmin to, to hit it off, though, and get together. I thought this might be, this might be it. Maybe he's so full of emotion about how he's brought him together with her daughter that he gives her a good old snog. So, and then I can call the storyline "Oh my darling," but with AA. Oh my doll. I'm definitely doing that. You don't even like doll. You shouldn't be allowed to talk about it. Yes, I'm not mental for lentils. (laughs) Do you think that Stu's daughter's going to be in the show, or is she dead? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, is that why the, the necklace was returned? Yeah. Maybe. Like corpses don't wear necklaces. <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't considered that. Um, that's probably the more dramatic option, isn't it, actually? I can't remember. We need to bone up on what actually happened with Stu. I know. I, 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 I can't remember. It's like, As Stu, I said, I've been a bit busy this week. She's like, oh, daughter, blah, blah. I mean, you're like, more good. I don't remember. This, the, the, every time that there's a story going on in Speed Dial, it just doesn't work. And consider it, it's, it, it is a shame because um, Shelley King's fantastic. It doesn't work for me, no. Shelley King's fantastic. And that, that coercive control storyline was amazing. But... Um, it, it's just not been fun what's been going on in the speed dial since, unfortunately. But I have high hopes for, for Yasmin and Stu because I, I do like them. Yes. You want to get me the ca- karaoke machine out for you now? Right, we're nearly there. We have got just the summer holiday storyline, and then we had about three scenes of this. So, um,. Apparently Aaron's good at mechanics, everybody. So A-A-Ron. Yes. He um he gives Kevin some advice about fixing the car. Kevin's like, keep your nose out. You it's like, I work freak. here, you idiot. Why do you think I'm wearing that overall standing in a garage? And then it turns out, what do you know, that Aaron's advice was right. And oh, Kevin you're says, right. The you can have on a, backwards. You can have a tried and tested classic Corrie trial period here at the garage. And Aaron says, tried realigning the gaskets? Much. Yep. So, um, and with all this money, um, now he and Summer won't have to hang around at the beach in bikinis all day. Thank God for that. One of them in a bikini. Aaron can wear what he likes. He can wear, maybe he'll be like, um, what's his face? Uh, who played James Bond? Daniel Uh, Craig when he comes out of the river and out of the ocean wearing pants. I think he's going to wear a mankini. Why not? Yeah. Um, anyway, they can do whatever they want now because he's got a job. Um, I don't, I don't think we need Aaron in the garage. They've all, they've already got Kevin, Abby, and Tyrone working there, haven't they? They've only got, they've only got room for two cars at a time. <laughs> I know. I don't know what they're expecting him to do, but it definitely looks like um, Aaron's getting his feet under the cast carpet, isn't he? He's mm. going to be uh, sticking with Coronation Street for a little bit, and they've got to give him some job. So whatever, if that's, that's what they want to do with him. Um, okay. I just want to say, I, I feel say like, like I have um, stirred up some contra- controversy with my stance on uh, beach holidays because we had quite a few comments of people defending their choice. We did, didn't we? Yeah. For, for their vacuous pastimes of sitting and doing We nothing. had some people saying that they agreed with you and some people saying, no, I love a good beach holiday, me. But I just wanted to say that um, this is not the first time that I have grossly misrepresented myself on this podcast and it certainly won't be the last but I'm going to instruct my lawyers to sue anybody who dares to say I do not like the shore or the seaside because I do. I just don't like sitting on the beach. Yeah, there's a, okay? di- there's a difference. And in fact, I am 
one of the per, one of the least land lovers that you'll ever meet. You're very unland. I always eat. I I rarely ever eat anything that lives on the land. I'm always eating seafood. Are you? Yes, I am. I always do, and I only hunt. I only get it. Only eat seafood that I hunt myself. Now, That's some people might call it fishing. But I don't call it fishing because I only eat things I kill in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> fish so, don't have hands. Well, they don't when I'm finished with them. Although, where do fish fingers come from? Exactly. Explain <laughs> that. Right, Gemma, we've reached the end and I'm literally dropping off to sleep here. So I, I think I'm ready to um, score the week and uh, and then maybe call it a day for today's podcast. Sorry, everybody who's expecting a longer one. Um, I am going to... I, I, I enjoyed... The wedding storyline to, you know, uh, uh, Mimi and Evelyn were just wonderful this week and um, the, the spider stuff was still fun. I think that filling up bits of this week with the Steve doing his roof tiling and um, all the stuff at the speed dial, that just, that didn't hit it right for me. But um, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give this one three and a half years of ball crushing emasculation out of five. What Sexist. about you, Gemma? I enjoyed it. I like your wedding. I thought it was really nice. It felt like, you know, when we were talking about Toya and Imran's wedding, we were saying, oh, it's really great that we've got lots of more people. It feels a bit more like a proper wedding. Yeah. Again, they've pushed it another, pushed it, is, it a bit further again. I'm a bit sad a, for Toya and Imran that they didn't get the big barn. No. Oh, well. But enjoyed, too late now. I enjoyed the wedding. I thought Jen McAlpine looked absolutely radiant really nice. as Fizz getting married. I could not have been more happy with the um, karaoke scenes with, with Mimi and Evelyn. It was like, oh, this is Christmas, this is Christmas. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it four broad oh, wow. Mancunian vowels, which is good because there's actually technically only five. Can you, can you give me four broad Mancunian vowels? All together. <laughs> I don't think that sounds quite right, but I'll let That's you know. That's how you say them all together. Oh, I see. Ow. Character of the week. Um, gosh, I think. I don't know whether it's Evelyn or Mimi. I don't know. I, I'm going to give it to Mimi. I've got to give it it's to it's Mimi. I love her so it? much. She's so funny. Oh, dear Fizz. I do. I'm fond of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it to Evelyn then, just for her reactions to Mimi and for kicking her crutch and um, oh, the, the, this so karaoke funny. scene. The, they were they both were just right up our street, honestly. Um, love them both. Um, and that's it. Is that it for the whole show? That, that is it for the whole show. Um, I'm sorry for all the people that have given us feedback this week. We'll, we'll try and include it in next week's episode. We did get some more iTunes reviews and some lovely positive ones this week as well. So thank you very much. That's definitely made a difference. Thank you very, very, very much. Um, thank you for the birthday messages I got last week, everybody. We've got lots of people on the Facebook group and the Twitter and everything because I did kind of drop a few hints in last week's podcast that it was my birthday coming up. Thank you, everybody, who, um, who wrote in and said happy birthday. Um, <laughs> so that's it. That is it. I, I'm just literally, I'm ready to drop. Feet, I, I'm, I may be asleep. I'm going to give myself maybe a 10, ten minutes and I might be bothered. I know, you're really um, jealous of how quickly I fall asleep very, very quickly. So, Although there is still some birthday cake left in the fridge, is it? Can I have birthday cake? You can cake? have it today. Why is you that? probably shouldn't have it tomorrow. Why? Because it, once it gets to midnight... Well, it's one minute past midnight. We better hurry up then. Oh. Right, bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh.